The Olbert's, that's our word, brought to you by the Georgia Guidestones. Oh, uh, uh, never mind. Anyways, I'm your host, Jim Jesus, and today we have a special brand new co-host. Uh, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Hi, y'all. I'm Sherry, voluntary, from Tennessee. From Tennessee. <laughs> yeah, I, I did not hear about this, but uh, apparently you told me just as we were about ready to record that the Georgia Guidestones have been demolished. <laughs> what is yeah, happening? Yeah, I guess com- completely now. Um, so I, you know, like apparently sometime this morning someone like had a little little baby explosion and just blew part of it off and then now they're completely demolished from what I when I gather so yeah from what I understood um I'm going to double check because the Georgia Guidestones originally were private property so do you know the history about how mm-hmm. this how this thing came to be no i thought it was a mystery Okay, so there is a well. There, it is it is a bit of a mystery. There is mystical elements about it, right? Um, right. I forget the there's there's been some there's some sort of like almost like secret society. I forget what it's called. It's like something of the rose or, or something like that. It's a Catholic organization, I believe. I could be completely oh. wrong about about this part because I'm not 100. Um, percent But they were definitely one of the people who like were trying to figure out. Okay, what do we do after if there's like in some sort of nuclear holocaust where most of the population is wiped out. What can we do in order to make sure that humanity survives so that this net one, that'll never happen again. And two, to create a more equitable and better society. Uh, I don't necessarily mm-hmm. agree with any of their, <laughs> their statements. Sure. Right. I don't. Um, but uh, a lot of them were kind of like well to do. And there's kind of like little, little enclaves everywhere, kind of like the Freemasons, but they all kind of know each other a little bit. Um mm-hmm. They don't really hold any real power other than, you know, maybe some of them are a little bit wealthy. And in the eight in, or like 1980, um, an anonymous person who I, it's assumed that he's some sort of member of this group uh, put forth money to create um, these this kind of American. Um, I can't, can't even think of the term now. Stonehenge. <laughs> Stonehenge yeah. Uh, that has all kind of like astrological things that you can look at to see like when. Um, so like if the, if the moon passes through it at a certain time, then it's like this mm-hmm. sort of moon, or if it's, if the sun crosses through these, uh, these pillars at this particular time, and there's a little hole in there to determine exactly when it is, then it's a summer solstice and cut all kinds of really interesting things like that. Mm-hmm. But very Catholic. Yeah. But then there's these things written on the side in like multiple different languages and I can pull up exactly what it says. And it's, it kind of, it kind of sounds, sounds scary if you don't under, understand the context, even with the context, it's still a little scary, but it's yeah. Um, the context a makes ominous. it yeah. It's it's a little less so. So it says uh, maintain humanity under uh, five hundred million in per- perpetual balance with nature, guide reproduction wisely, improving fitness and diversity, unite humanity under a n- living new language. Which that's what is it going to be Esperanto? Hmm. <laughs> right. <laughs> I have to get William Shatner on to teach us all Esperanto. <laughs> Rule passion, faith, tradition, and all things with tempered reason. Protect people and nations with fair laws and just courts. Uh, let nations rule internally, resolving external disputes in a world court. Avoid petty laws and useless officials, which 
That's all of them, I guess. Um, balance personal rights with social duties. Private, uh, Price truth, beauty, love, seeking harmony with the infinite. Whatever that means. Uh, be mm. not a cancer on the earth. Leave room for nature. Leave room for nature. Ooh. See, that's the stuff that seems ominous to me. It's like, you it, know, the environmentalists kind of thing. Like on its face, like a lot of them sound like, okay, I think I can understand a charitable version of that where I'm like, okay, fine. Mm. Um, but when you read like the first two, you're kind of like, all right, you're, you're already on shaky ground here. Don't, mm -hmm. don't try to <laughs> peddle it. But the idea was this was supposed to be the rules after there was some sort of nuclear holocaust because of the evil people, people that they saw as evil destroying the entire right. world. Is this a good solution? No, <laughs> I really right. don't think it's a it's, good solution. I mean, it really sounds a lot like, like they, they were like, you know, instead of um, where the political elite right now are trying to uh, force a great reset, they're saying, OK, so we're going to make the, the bright side the best of this nuclear holocaust and we'll just create a new world, you know, like a new Jerusalem out of the ashes. And <laughs> that's sort of what it sounds like, like the, <laughs> like the whole maintain. Yeah, yeah. Like maintain the population at a certain level that 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 gets creepy to me because that's like. You know, the environmentalists that hate the hate people, it's not about really loving the, you know, earth or the environment or whatever else. It's about hating people. So, yeah, yeah, that's what it sort of sounds like. And some of them are really vague, like uh, guide reproduction, mm -hmm. uh, excuse me, guide reproduction wisely, improving fitness and diversity. That could, <laughs> right. If, if a charitable version would be like, OK, you know don't have kids out of wedlock or something like that and right. you know uh, okay. work out every once in a while and it's okay if other people are different colors that's the charitable version of that but after i read the right. first one and i don't understand the context of the thing it kind of sounds like wait a minute is this some sort of t9 yeah. pro project we're gonna start eliminating right. eugenics like yeah or i can't say that word <laughs> you can't other. say eugenics i can't say the r word but i can say eugenics oh Weird, right? Oh, yeah, YouTube. I see. Sound. Yeah. Uh, um, so yeah, it, that does that does sound bad. <laughs> it, I mean, it does, and like it's like we'll make the perfect human, and like you know, especially now, there's been a lot of time between when this was written and now, so diversity sort of has maybe a different feel to it when we use it now because of all the crap that's been shoved down our throat in the name of diversity. So they, they could be using it quite differently, yeah. but this was 1980. I don't know y'all. Yeah. This mm -hmm. was, this was even before the, the, the first wave of third wave. <laughs> Cause I don't even know what wave we're on next. I, I can't keep up with the waves. Yeah. I don't know. So, um, I guess this was bought by a private individual. And at first, the I guess they contacted a company that made like granite structure or tiling and stuff like that. And they said, like, mm -hmm. we want to make this guidestone thing. And he gave them a ridiculous price because he thought didn't think they were serious. And it was just kind of like, whatever. And they're like, yeah, we'll pay it. And he was like, oh, okay. uh, <clears throat> oh, you're serious. OK. Um, all right. Let's give you a real estimate now. And then they they built it on this on the land. They. Basically, he did it through a, a phony name and a phony uh, uh, company or organization, um, just to mm -hmm. just to make just to ensure the the people's anonymity uh, for who wanted to create the project because they thought that people might 
look at these guide stones with the worst intention and not understand the context of it, which kind of happened, but at the same time, it's still kind of creepy. Uh, and How gave, did you look at my manifesto in the bad light? <laughs> right? You have to assume. You have to assume people are going to take you out of context. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> especially... Maybe not in the 80s. Maybe people were more charitable back then. I don't know. The internet kind of ruined everything. I don't know. But um, they gave it to the uh, the granite construction company. They bought the land. They owned the land, and they were just kind of holding on to it with reserves from the money that they got for the for the project. And then um, I guess after a while, the guy so- stopped communicating with them, um, and uh, they were just tired of dealing with it because people were always – like vandalizing it or trying to vandalize it. So they ended up selling it to the city. And I, I did see some people who were talking about damaging the guide stones like two months ago. And I was just like, why are we even talking about the guide stones again? And then there were people, yeah. there were like Congress people talking about demolishing it. And I was like, what the heck is going on here? <laughs> like, why is this getting hmm. brought up? Cause it's just an obscure reference. <laughs> These Georgia guide yeah, stones. It- it's like it's trending on Twitter or something two months ago. <laughs> yeah. Like, why, why, though? Like, what What would that be? I don't know. That's really – it is really strange. I don't know how some of these synchronicities that pop up sometimes could lead a more um, metaphysical person maybe to believe that there's some connection. I mean, maybe there is, but I don't know. Sometimes I just – I tend to see, like, something – hear something and then it pop up and I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So from what I understand, there was a um, someone from Georgia. It was either someone running for office or someone in office who was mm. – it was some some lady, I don't know. Candace Taylor? Uh, maybe. I don't I don't know. I don't care. She but, called for the destruction of the Godstones in 2022. Yeah. May, she said yeah. that they were like Satan's tool or something like that and we're going to fight <laughs> the devil. And one of the best responses to that tweet, I, I, I don't, I could probably find it if I looked for it. it was like, I heard you already defeated the the, the devil down there once uh, with a with a simple <laughs> fiddle. <laughs> I thought that was probably Wait, one of the best. Him once, that son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh god, that is pretty great. I, that's the best part of Twitter. Like, that's the stuff that makes me continue to go back. You know, even though. I don't get on there very much, but anymore, but yeah, that's the good stuff. I, I love I Twitter. Like Twitter's a great place to shit post. If you start taking it seriously, that's when, that's when things can go bad. Um, but I just yeah. love shit posting on there. It's beautiful. See, and I'm not the, I'm not the greatest with the shit posts, you know, I'm, and I'm an old lady. And so I kind of get on there and I'm like, just want to say my mind and have conversation. And that's not what it's for. <laughs> It's for takes and yeah. like snippets. And once I figured that out, it took me a few tries of getting on Twitter to kind of fa- feel it out. Cause I, I like Facebook is my speed, you know, it's for all the, the Gen Xers. So that's where I'm spend most of my time. Unfortunately, I found out there was oh, an- on, on social media. Oh, okay. I found out that there's actually like a special category for people born in my age range because there's been multiple definitions of millennial and Gen X and oh, the Xennial, yeah, the Xennials, yeah. I think that's yeah, what they're supposed some, to say. Okay, well, somebody told me that that I wasn't. They said Xennial. Xennial makes more sense, but I, I've heard that. I was born in '77, so oh, kind of the end of the Gen X. But you know, I remember most of the '80s. I remember the last bit of it, and it was from the perspective of being a kid. So, 
Right. Not the best. But yeah. 90s, I was there. I, I was cognizant <laughs> the whole way through that one. <laughs> you were Ninja Turtles all the way. Oh, my God. We have to talk about that. <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna put that in the show notes. My brother is like, <laughs> my brother's 33. I'm 12 years older than my brother. And so he's like, you know, he had like Ninja Turtle underwear. I remember when he was a kid that, that we had to like ditto. rip off of him to clean because he would not take them off. Oh no, I took those <laughs> off. There was something else I didn't take off. We'll get into that. And I'm going to put that oh, in there too. Boy. <laughs> Don't want to forget this one. This is going to be great. But, um, <laughs> I remember there was some like discussion on my Discord server, which, by the way, discord.lolberts.com, if you want to join the Discord, um, where someone was like, but, you know, what is it uh, like people shouldn't destroy it because it's private property. And I was like, I, if I remember correctly, they gave it over to this, this the city. And I think once it's in the city's hands, that's pretty yeah. much fair game for anybody that wants to destroy it. I mean, it's public property. It's just a tragedy of the commons at yeah, that point. I exactly. mean, you know, so sad. <laughs> but I, 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 I'm not shedding any tears over that bullshit. I mean, I, you know, I believe in private property, but and, yeah, and it's I, not I anymore, wouldn't though. advocate for someone to go and blow up someone's private property. But you know, yeah. the city property, I, I don't give a shit. <laughs> Can I say that on here? Can I say bad words? I, I'm naughty, definitely not naughty words. I'm not encouraging it, but I just don't okay. care. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I will be good then. But uh, I, I am sad because <sighs> I did want to see it. I, I, I legitimately yeah, wanted to see it just as kind of like an oddity of uh, just like conspiracy yeah. culture. Cause I don't know. I, I was always kind of really interested in like from, from the critical angle of, of conspiracy theories, which I guess now we're all sure. conspiracy theorists. Um, right now. Thanks. Thanks to that virus that shall not be named. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> which all turned I, out to be true. Know, right. I, you know what's sad is I always thought, oh, that'd be really cool to go see. And I'm I'm only like three hours from there, two and a oh. half hours something. Um, so I really missed my opportunity. <laughs> it's kind of like that, you know, the touristy thing that's in your town, and you think, oh, it'd be cool to see sometime, but you never go because it's always available to you. Or maybe not like that. But yeah, I mean, there was a few places in Vegas that I didn't get to see when I lived there <laughs> that, that I should have yeah. seen. Like I, I've been. I've driven through Red Rock, but I've never actually like, you know, oh. did the walk around in, in you know the Red Rock Canyon or anything. I never did that. Right. I never went to Mount Charleston. Always was bummed about that. Okay. Um, but anyways, yeah, I wanted to see this thing before it went. Um, and it's not because I agreed with it. Just to be clear, right? I just wanted to see all the little weird holes and stuff that they put in there to, uh, but maybe go like on a summer solstice and actually see the sun blaring through it, but. Yeah. So what do you think then is the connection? If it was Catholic in the beginning, then why all of the kind of esoteric, unless they have more to do with Um, astronomy than I know, like why, why would they build it in such a way as to mirror the, the hinges? Well, I do know that the Catholic church is really big on astronomy and stuff like that. So Right. Um, and it, okay. it, it might have been more of kind of like now that, you know, society is gone, uh, here is like this giant granite thing that's still going to tell you like when the solstice is, when um, when high noon is and that all you know, sort of. Oh, thing. Yeah, I think that's, that's what right, they were kind of going for. Right. Because this is after the apocalypse. OK. Well, not the apocalypse, but the nuclear one, right. <laughs> the man-made the nuclear, one. Nuclear holocaust. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Steve um, Gutenberg has already come and 
Yeah. Oh, so here it is. Yeah. Candace Taylor, a candidate running for the Georgia gubernatorial primary, released in a campaign calling the, for the destruction of the Guidestones. That was her. Okay. So you're right. Yeah. My that was favorite, her. Yeah. My favorite thing is the spelling of her name. It's like, it's <laughs> a stupid Can, Candace. K A N DIS. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm going to diss you. That is <laughs> so trailer distract. park. I just can't even tell y'all. <laughs> It's like K-A-N-D-I-E, like a candy, C-A-N-D-Y. No, why would it be spelled like that? <laughs> right. She's I'm, a I'm DJ Jim. Candace. You, can, you spell it G-Y-M. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've never Sherry been. Sherry with a Q. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of a bummer. I wanted to see this thing, and uh, it's kind of a bummer. The next Take time you guys crystals. blow something up, can you do it after I go, please? Or if you're going <laughs> to blow it up, at least like let me see it before you blow it up. Just let me know. Do some advance warning so I can go check it out. Um, Unless it's a doll. A d- hmm? Unless it's a doll. A doll? I don't get it. A blow up doll. Oh, you don't no. See no, no, no. I don't want to blow up. No. See, I, I live in a different internet than you do. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> blow up doll. Get it. People uh-huh. still, I don't okay, think people mom, mom joke hour is over. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have seen someone's blow up doll before, but they bought it as a joke. They went to a sex shop and like while we were walking around, he was like, hold on. And he ran inside, bought a blow up doll and blew it up and was walking around with it all day under his arm. We're like, what are you doing? <laughs> it ended up getting destroyed by the time you know, we were done walking around. But yeah. Was it one of those like the, the hair that's like weird and str- like there's not very much hair. It's just kind of thin and gross. It was more like a like a joke one. It Like it was all just uh, all that, that weird material. On. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. I don't even think the probably hole was meant to actually be used. There's <laughs> <laughs> um, only one hole because it's a discount <laughs> sex toy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or just had the hole that went. clearance rack. Or just one hole that went through the front and the back, and that's supposed to be both. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> Mom, what did you used to do on the internet? Well. <laughs> I don't know. I, I come from the old internet, too. Um, like the, the 90s and shit like that. Speaking of the 90s, and we'll get into we'll get into all the scouted stuff, because I know everybody's itching to... Because I've been teasing this on my on my locals, um, okay. but the Ninja Turtles they just came out with a brand new uh, video game, and it's amazing. It's called Shredder's Revenge. And if, did you ever play the arcade games, <clears throat> Ninja Turtles I, games? I played them a couple times. I was not a player of them. Mm. I'm I'm a, I'm a Mario girl. I kind of and like little puzzle games and based. Mm-hmm. Like all the old, uh, you know, like the first person shooter type things, or mm-hmm. was that what they call? No, what do they call those? First, the arcade the, style games that. Oh, you mean like the the light gun games? Well, no, I, well, I did have some of those, but like the you know, like Mario and what's the one with the plane where you flew it through the canyon and you dropped down the bombs, centipede stuff like that. Oh, okay. uh, zombies ain't my neighbors. I was on the. Genesis, that was my jam right there. I yeah, love that I've one. never played that. I keep hearing great things about it, but I, sh- I should probably get around to playing that. I love that game. It's fun. Yeah, it's difficult. But it's fun. 
Yeah. Um. So yeah, they just dropped a new one, and it's 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 like the art, like the old arcade games, but you know, it's been fine tuned a little bit. Uh, it's the same people that made uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the World that game. Um, okay. that game I knew great. that was a movie. I didn't know that was a game. Yeah. Well, it actually was a comic, <laughs> or I guess an American oh. manga. Um. But okay. yeah, they made a movie out of it, and the video game did go along with the movie at the same time because the movie is. Very kind of style, and I guess the comic book too is very stylized, like a video mm-hmm. game. That's why right, okay. it turns into coins and stuff. Um, oh, cool! Just like a video game would when you beat someone up. <laughs> so mm-hmm. in the game, when you beat people up, you get coins. And you pick so them up. do you have to play it with one of those controllers with like A, B, X, Y, and triggers and all that crap? Uh, you don't play. With, you don't have to use the triggers, but you can use the D pad. Just like you would like a Super Nintendo. You just treat it like a Super Nintendo okay. controller, yeah. See, that's where I like stuff. That's you should get too many buttons and crap. I'm done. I don't want to do that. Yeah. That's not fun to me anymore. I just like simple. I really like the art. You know, I grew up when I was really young with the art Atari joystick, you know, with the one button and. The- <laughs> God. And then the like the the NES game controller. That's like the peak of controllers for me i love those maybe i didn't have a problem with all the the new buttons on on modern controllers because my first console was an intellivision which had um 12 buttons just on the face not to mention the four on the sides (laughs) that's too many that's too many my my son got me to play smash bros with them once because he's like a big he's really really good at that game Mm -hmm. and and uh, of course, he didn't take it easy on me, so I just sat there the whole time, like screaming and pulling all the button or pushing the <laughs> buttons and pulling the triggers, and died very soon. And that was it. I never played again. <laughs> I, I was really terrible at Smash, and I'm still kind of bad at Smash because I haven't played it in a while. But what got mm-hmm. me good was when someone told me, like, you got to play with the GameCube controller. So I went and bought a GameCube controller for my Switch, and I played with that, and I was like, oh, this, yeah, this, this. This game was almost made, or the controller seemed like it was made for that game. I don't think it hmm. was, but then it, it makes it make it makes it make a whole lot more sense. And if you look at the GameCube controller, you're going to be even more confused than you would be like at a <laughs> modern Xbox controller. You're like, what is a giant button in the middle what? and a bunch of buttons around it? You're like, what is this thing? <laughs> right? But, yeah, yeah, not for me. He he made me a um an emulator with the Raspberry Pi, mm-hmm. so I have like all the old games, like Cave Story and. All the really old games. Um, what's the Motor Psycho? I have like all these <laughs> really crazy old games, which is fun for me. So I, that's what I play, and when I get to play it, which is hardly ever, but yeah, that's what I but, do. Yeah, but you you got to check out the uh, the new Ninja Turtles game, and, and I think it's actually free on Game Pass. So I don't know if you have Game Pass, but it's free on Game Pass. No. It's like thirty bucks if you want to buy it for anything, and it's on everything. It's on computer. It's on and it. It, does it follow like the same, like the old game, like the the story, or is it something new, or how does it? You gotta you gotta beat through all the bad guys in order to get through, uh, get to Shredder, even fight Krang. Mm-hmm. Like all all okay. of the bosses are in it, like all of them, every single one of them is right. in there, as far as I okay. remember, at least from the cartoons, and it's very much like in the style of the eighties cartoon. So, oh, that's cool. So yeah, so so someone who definitely didn't take their uh, Ninja Turtles underwear off. <laughs> Especially when I need to be cleaned, probably would be a big fan of this for sure. 
Right. Yeah, I'll have to tell my brother. He'll be excited. Yeah, I, I had Ninja Turtles on. Like, I was always like big into rap. like anything that had Ra- Raph Raphael. I had to get. Uh-huh. I even had like a okay. somewhere in my in my stuff in my closet somewhere. I even have a a Raphael um a toothbrush holder thing that it goes in like you <laughs> you stick it to the window and then you put the toothbrush in his in his mouth and he holds on with it with in his mouth. Like and- the the grip when they got. Angry, like <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, like- brush your fucking teeth, kid. <laughs> yeah, my mom. When my son was little, I mean, he'll be twenty this year, but when or next year, when my my he, when he was little, my mom sent a bag of like clothes, right, for my son that used to be my brother's. She had kept them this whole time, and in it were a pair of those Ninja Turtle underwear, <laughs> threadbare. And I'm like, why the hell are you sitting? Old old underwear for one, <laughs> but two, these should have been trashed like 15 years ago. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's which, weird stuff. Which, by the way, um, for some reason, the stream didn't start. Like, I was connected. I clicked the go live button. Okay, so now I got to press it again. Oh. So, everybody just missed like the first half of the show. <laughs> so oh, sorry about that, guys. <laughs> Y'all missed my bestest jokes. Well, it's, it's fine. This is, this is going to go up as... The whole show is going to be edited and um, put up put up in the podcast and everything. So, whatever. Sorry, guys. I don't know what happened to YouTube. I told it to start the stream and it didn't start until like. And I clicked it. I was like, "Why isn't it started?" And then it's just. It's probably me, Jim. I. No, no, I'm no, no. not like. It's all in my. I have it's bad OBS. juju. <laughs> it's all OBS's fault. So sorry about okay. that. You you missed the best part of the show. Um, I guess you can go home. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry, the whole show will be up available uh, uh, tomorrow morning. It'll be up if if all goes well. But uh, yeah, so my thing wasn't like the Ninja Turtles underwear. I mean, I had a Ninja Turtles underwear, but you know, I was, I I would take them off to watch them. The one thing that I that that my parents did have a trouble with me with was, I think when I was about like six or seven, I don't remember which. My aunt was really into like sewing, and they would go Uh into um, like these big sewing places where they had like these little kits made out of like tissue paper and like outlines and they would like you, you could buy whatever you want like dresses or whatever and you'd open it up mm-hmm. and then you'd buy the fabric for it and then make those clothes yes. right the pattern it's the yeah pattern. you make the pattern with the the yeah the paper yeah i'm well, done now well they had a batman one and my oh. aunt was like well, i know you like batman i'm gonna make you a batman costume for halloween <laughs> So she made me a Batman costume for Halloween, and it was the black one, right? It was, it was the same pattern for the black one and the uh, the sixty six blue, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. the sixty six Batman. And so she uh, and she knew that I was like really into the the new Batman and and the old one, but she was like, "I'll, I'll make you the black one because it looks cooler." And I wore it for Halloween, and I also wore it the day after Halloween, and the day after that, <laughs> and the day after that. Yep. My parents made me wash it. Then they washed it, and then I'd wear it again, and I would like run around the neighborhood and like yeah for a good year I would almost wore it every day except for school like and I was mad that I couldn't wear it to school. My parents were like, no, no, (laughs) like why? That's not not going to happen. (laughs) For my son, it was a pumpkin outfit. He had a little pumpkin like sweatsuit that he loved and wanted to wear it all the time until he got like so he's so tall and even as a child like a little child he was very tall and his like it was up to his knees or something and he was like the pants are really tight <laughs> so i'm like god uh, i don't think you can wear this anymore <laughs> uh yeah 
I, I, I ended up outgrowing growing it. Yeah, I ended up outgrowing it. I think it was within like the first year I had it because I was growing a lot. So yeah, that's, <sighs> that's that's a good stuff about childhood, though, right? That's that's fun. That's yeah, good times. Good times. <laughs> By the way, I am so glad that I remembered to hit record. <laughs> I would have been completely fucked for this yeah, episode because like, trouble. I forgot to hit record the last few times that we did this, but I had to wait for the YouTube to render it. It would yeah, have You only get me to quote "Devil went down to Georgia once." Yeah. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, what is your opinion? Like, did you ever? Were you ever uh, pro-abortion at any point in your life, or were you? I don't know your history. Maybe we should dig into the history of all that. Because I think there's okay. some interesting things to say about your perspective on this. Ooh, there's been there's been a lot of stuff going on with it. Yeah, I'm, it's funny because, you know, I, I don't know if you know, I was in a cult for I know. since I was 30. Maybe the yeah, listeners okay. don't. Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> so I was, yeah, I I don't was know. in a cult. Tell me all about it. For Since I was 13 to the time I was... Uh, I don't know, 27 years, whatever that is. I don't math. But um, in that cult, that religion, uh, they don't believe abortion is murder, even though it's a, it's a Christian um, ministry. And so they don't believe that you're alive until you breathe because of a verse in the Bible. It says Adam became a living soul, nefesh kai in the Aramaic, I think it is, and means living soul where you like breathe in. Mm -hmm. And so, um, that was always their reasoning for that. Um, but once I left that religion and, um, I'd already, you know, become like a libertarian and it just, it takes a while to work your way out of these things. <laughs> um, I, I changed my position on that. Okay. So yeah, I'm, I'm no longer, I guess you would say I was never really pro-choice in the way that, well, every, you know, you should have as many, many abortions as you want, you know, like there, you know, responsibility is supposed to be a thing. Um, but yeah, I it didn't, it didn't bother me up until later on. So, so. I, I, um, I heard Penn and Teller say this on bullshit once where they were talking about like pro-life and pro-choice and they were like, those are stupid buzzwords. <laughs> it's, yes. it's whether or not you're for or against abortion because everybody's pro-choice and everybody's pro-life. But mm -hmm. I don't know if that's necessarily true for either side. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, <laughs> like, um, I, th I think those are just catch because and it, it's so annoying because I'll be like, oh, yeah, I'm pro-life. Then someone will be like, well, you're for killing people who want to, you know, break into right. your house. And I'm like. Okay, but that's right. not what or, that's not what it's talking about. But okay, and so I'm just like, okay, we're talking about abortion. I'm gonna say I'm anti-abortion right, right. now, or pro-abortion, whatever. One. Yeah. yeah, or the people that how many babies are you gonna adopt? You know, uh, oh zero all that stuff. Like yeah, zero. And I'm also not gonna make Maybe. any either. Right, and and you're gonna figure that out, right? Like all on your own by yourself. Um, Kids are sticky, yeah, I, and they ask too many questions. Uh, yes, <laughs> they're more they're more than sticky. Let me tell you, they're disgusting yeah. children. And for like a year, at least they just are snot factories at like the two year mark. There's something going on with their immune system. I forget what it is. It's like really ramping up. And so they're they just snot constantly. It's <laughs> I have PTSD from the snot years. Uh. So. <laughs> 
Yeah, I'm I'm good <sighs> with with milky vomit. I'm 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 good. Have fun with that. I had nephews. I took care of them when they were babies, all the way up until adults. Yeah, I'm done. I'm done with kids. They're fine. Yeah, <laughs> when they I, have kids, maybe youngest... I'll be like, oh, my great what is it, nieces or whatever. But no. Done. Yeah, I'm. I'm looking forward to like grandparenthood. I was never the. I'm, I'm not the kind of woman that loves babies. Like I don't like to be needed by anyone too much, and that is a lot of neediness when you have an infant. So for me, my kids didn't get fun until they were like potty. Well, like the two, they were both potty trained by then. Uh, but like when, when they could like go to the bathroom by themselves and didn't need any help from me whatsoever, that's when I'm like, oh yeah, things are looking up. And now, like, my youngest is 11, my oldest is 19, so they're basically grown. I just, yeah. they're, you know, they pretty much do what they want. They just, they just give you headaches now. Sometimes, yes. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's they ask too age. many questions, for yeah, sure. Yeah, they're still doing the too many questions thing. Yeah. Why? <laughs> Why? Why? Yeah. Okay, I love you. Bye. Yeah, no, I'm good. That, right. Yeah, no. What's, what's great? What's great is when when you're okay. I, I've had had my fill hanging out with kids. Go home. Go home. <laughs> yes, that's what yeah. I'm looking what forward to being having... a grandma because one day uh, because I you know like I can play. I can do my own grandma. You know my own life stuff, and then I can come over and mess with their kids. And get them all riled up and in a bad mood and then leave. <laughs> and they deal with it. And it's like payback. Oh, yeah. <laughs> can, can you imagine it's having a cycle mom? of abuse? It's terrible. Let me tell yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> my grandparents did the Perpetuate same thing. Perpetuate the cycle. My, yeah. parents, my grandparents did the same thing with us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Spoil us Too and be like, sugar. have fun. <laughs> yes. Throw them in the air a bunch of times so they get sick at their stomach after you've given them, you know, a boatload of sugar and then let the parents deal with the aftermath. <laughs> it's totally fair. Yeah. Yeah. So I had like yeah. a, I had like a long history with abortion. Um, in terms of my position on it, like I started out in pol when I got in interested in politics, I got interested through a guy named. Are you familiar with Jello Biafra? He was the front man yeah, yeah. okay. for the for the Dead Kennedys. Dead did a Kennedys, lot, right? Yeah, yeah. He did a lot of spoken word stuff, and that's what kind of get me interested in politics. Like, okay, so in politics can be interesting. Then became like a junkie. <laughs> then mm, yeah. it, it was through like um, that I started got I started getting I was so I was like Green Party. I I would like uh, gladly tell people like yeah uh like if I was any more to the left I'd be a socialist like that's how like arrogant I was, um, wow. but then I started started getting like a little bit more moderate when I started listening to people like um, Al Franken, um, mm. and then but there was something like bothering me about economics like because I, I didn't understand it and there was a lot of things that. Like I wanted all these really smart people are saying that it's so, but I mean, that's not really mm -hmm. an argument. So there was something like bugging me. Like I need to understand what's going on, um, but I just sure. never looked into it. And it wasn't until I found Penn and Teller's bullshit where I was like, oh, these, this, they just did an episode of something I agree with. I think they did an episode about the Bible and I was like, okay. And then they did one about PETA. I'm like, well, what's wrong with PETA? They're just, okay, maybe they're vegans Ooh. or whatever, but oh my yeah. God, they're, they're funding they're terrorism. They're <laughs> they terrible kill animals? people. Yeah. <laughs> yes, they kill animals. They're terrible people. I'm yeah. blocked by PETA on Twitter. I love it. <laughs> badge of honor. Yeah, <laughs> that is my badge of honor. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty awesome. Um, but yeah, so so, it so was you like, came uh, from like the left. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. The really prog- California progressive. Like I campaigned for Peter Cameo's uh, gubernatorial runs twice. Once oh. his, fir- his first <laughs> run. just not enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then uh, when they did the California recall election, um, mm-hmm. I would have voted for Nader if I was like a month older. <laughs> because right. I, was, I wasn't going to turn 18 until like the next month. Well, geez, you know, I as much yeah i deal with enough is not a bad dude you know like i i i like ralph nader more than more than most like he seems more genuine than most you know politicians anyways yeah i mean i could say the same thing with bernie sanders but i don't want them having any sort of reign of power yeah right they shouldn't they should have no power but you know like if people say well like at least i can work with that you know with someone who has seen that the the mainstream approved candidates are bullshit you know that's yeah. that's at least some common ground i think but it was weird because Penn and teller's bullshit like every other episode was something i agreed with and then hmm. the other one was something i thought i disagreed with but i couldn't i couldn't respond to any of that stuff because they made such salient points there was some of them that turned out to be like a little bit sketchy later like the secondhand smoke stuff um hmm. i think that was probably the only episode where they actually made a big mistake well i mean at the time that was the best information that they had and then like almost right afterwards some studies were coming out saying like no actually now we have actual evidence to show that secondhand smoke does cause cancer um hmm. but i think they were still right about the fundamental question they were arguing which was should it be outlawed no um right. people's people should be able to choose um so i was just kind of like oh like and i was just just watching like my whole entire political identity just get demolished every other episode, <laughs> but reinforced on on the on those uh, other episodes. And I was like, what is this libertarianism thing that they keep talking about? And I started digging more and I had heard about the Libertarian Party because because um, I don't know if you know, but I'm adopted. Um, so I'm an abortion survivor. OK, I should have known this from the beginning <laughs> like my parent like my parents were like she was like sick my biological mother was like 16 i've never met her um and uh from what i understood like she just wanted she didn't want to have me but her family was religious and so they were like no we're mm-hmm. gonna put it up for adoption and my parents adopted me um oh, my wow. sister was also adopted but from a different family and mm-hmm. both both of them are from the from the same family but they ended up getting in contact with their biological father and he was, he was almost like part of the household up until recently, but we're not going to get out of that. Um, That's cool. And he was he was telling me like, oh, yeah, I, I used to I used to run for office under the Libertarian Party. And so they, there was always like I knew that there were a thing. I just didn't know what they believed. And I thought it was kind of mm-hmm. cool because now I can understand that economics part of it. And it started making more sense. But I still get to keep all the really cool things that I still, still thought were right, you know, like letting people sure. get gay married or an abortion and stuff like that. Well, I guess abortions about fifty fifty in libertarianism, married. <laughs> gay married, whatever. Um, so you know, legalizing weed and all that stuff. Um, right. So I started getting a little bit more radicalized, and then fucking Murray Rothbard tricked me into becoming an ANCAP, which we're not going to yeah. do that. <laughs> fucking tricked me. Which I'm 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 fine with in retrospect. But at the time, I was like, "You motherfucker!" After I was done reading the book, I was like, "You motherfucker!" Because I used to argue was it with the the state. No, it was uh, for New Liberty. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. I I just I just got someone, some dude that was telling me about. Uh, it sort of reminds me of this. Uh, today online, we had a, a little conversation about the Constitution, and he was like, "But our our constitutional republic, blah blah blah." And, I threw some spooner down and he's like, oh, I need to maybe read this guy. I'm like, yes, you do. Just yeah. 
just know that once you see, you cannot unsee. So <laughs> we'll see what fruit comes from that. But he's he's kind of the same thing, you know. Once you once you read No Treason, it's kind of how it's. You might disagree with him, but you're always going to be arguing against his points. <laughs> Five months later, yeah, I didn't sign shit. <laughs> <laughs> three thousand years later yeah yep. I, I think that's great i'm sorry i interrupted you no it's fine um that's what the show's about <laughs> interruptions oh, okay then <laughs> sorry to interrupt i just wanted to make sure i interrupted um so but this whole time that i've been a libertarian probably up until the last like i want to say four years or so um i was mm -hmm. ver or no excuse me so trump so, yeah, about six years. By the time Trump got elected, um, or actually when we started the show was 2014. So, no, yeah, it would have, geez, it's eight longer. years. Yeah, eight years. But there was a good long period where I was on the fence because for most mm -hmm. of that time, I was like, oh, no, it's, it's a woman's right to choose. You can't regulate a woman's literal vagina. That's that's fucked up. Right. Um, but I never really addressed <laughs> the fundamental issue, um, which was mm -hmm. like, is the thing that you're taking out of that woman its own separate entity? Right. And does it have rights? Mm -hmm. Is it okay to kill something? And I was like, once I started having to grapple with that, I was kind of like, okay, I don't know where I need to sit on this. And I started arguing with some of some of the ex co-hosts <laughs> of this stuff. Mm -hmm. And I remember there was one particular uh, episode that I did where um, I was bringing it up like, well, if it's a human life and we're talking about killing it, um, isn't that like a violation of the nap? Mm -hmm. And not that I, you know, we're not going to get into the whole discussion about the NAP and I don't think right. it's an axiom, but that aside, um, I was like, doesn't that violate, you know, that? And he was like, well, even if it does, I mean, you're still, you're still like breaking the nap by, um, by enforcing it. And I was like, well, wouldn't it? And it like at that moment, that's when I started getting off the fence and I started becoming more anti-abortion because I was like, that is a terrible argument because you can use that right. for any any property rights violation, <laughs> anyone. Yeah. Oh, yeah, sure. Like you could, you could stop murder or whatever, but you know, you'd still be violating the rights of the murderers by stopping right. them from murder. Like, come, what? <laughs> you talk, yeah. You're same with rape, uh, burglaries. Of course, yeah, because once you, once you give up those rights, when you're violating those rules, then then you know all cards right. are off the table for you. You know, it's you, a slippery slope. Yeah. <laughs> so just kind of like that's that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I started coming off. And I want to say about mm -hmm. four years, about four years ago or so, um, that's when I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm just anti-abortion. I think, I think this is bad. Um, I don't believe that life begins at conception. I haven't seen any real evidence for that. I think heartbeat right. is a good, good metric, but mm -hmm. I still want to be overly cautious about that because what if we now know that there actually is like an actual life in there? It's actually separate mm -hmm. from the mother that we can prove scientifically down the line. Does that mean that all the babies that, that were, destroyed before then were actually now murdered it's like right. i want to be like ultra careful with this so um i still think plan b is fine but i think that's probably my line <laughs> right <laughs> really yeah yeah because i mean there are plenty of uh eggs that get fertilized that don't implant in the uterus mm -hmm. you know you have to have that uterine wall uh, lining implantation for it to you know really start the process so um yeah, I think we basically I, I'm I'm on the same wavelength with you. I I err on the side of caution. Yeah. Right. I can't tell you when life begins and, and I don't think anyone can. Um I I think there are arguments to be made about heartbeat or brain activity. 
Um, but I certainly want to err on the side of caution. And I, I, I was sort of on the same, you know, kind of fence for a while because I thought, well, gosh, you know, I don't like it, but these are competing interests, right? You get the competing interest of the woman and the competing interest of the the child and then the competing interest of the, the father, which is often left out of that. Um, so oh, the father gets it's the one that's really gets screwed because yeah. all those abortion rights come with no abortion rights for men. Like there's no male abortion, yeah. which if yeah. we're going to have abortion, we should at least have male abortion. But they're going to be like, well, I don't want to have the kid. So you're on your own. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if we're going to have that. You got to um, have the other. But they don't want that. Right. It's it's you make know, room for a womb. Yeah, takes I, two to tango. You're responsible. Yes. You need to own up and take responsibility. Oh, me? No, no. I'm getting it taken yeah. out of me. Yeah, you know, and that's that's the thing that always when when people I think it, you know it's so emotionally charged. I won't talk. I hardly talk about it at all online because I, it's just it's too difficult. People are just talking past each other most <laughs> of the time, and they're using phrases that will just close your legs. We'll just put it up for adoption. Yeah. You know, and and those are very kind of flippant ways to put it. Um, and then of course the, the pro abortion people are always the, the edge cases, the, the 10 year old that's raped or whatever, yeah. which are terrible things. And, and yes, you know, if someone's raped, is it still murder? Well, yeah, but they're not responsible for that moral injury. In my opinion, like if they get an abortion, of course it's the rapist's yeah. responsibility. Um, so that's kind of off the table regardless, because I think everybody thinks it's okay in cases of rape, but in cases where, you know, two people got together and did what two people do, um, you know, I, the, there's been the phrase for a long time that, there is, you know, personal responsibility. You you have to have that in order to have freedom. Like you yeah. can't have freedom without personal responsibility. And, you know, I've seen people I respect arguing that, you know, you should be able to abandon your children, <laughs> which I don't believe either because do you have positive rights? No, not not in a state of whatever, you know, like, but once you obligate yourself by your actions, of course you do. I don't have, you know, in my mind, I don't have the right to um, make a child have it and then leave it on the side of the road. I, I have a responsibility to that life and it might not be to raise it, but like you, uh, you know, to give it up for adoption, to take it to, they have all these, you know, at the fire houses and stuff, you can leave oh, babies now and things. Yeah, you hospitals. Can, yeah. So there's it, no reason, like, why would you cause harm to something that you've, or to anything? You know, I think I would have an obligation to a child, just let, you know, anyone. Cause I think life is, there's sort of a, I don't know if obligations, the word, but life is precious. And I think it should be, um, protected as, I think human as life much is as possible. Precious. I think human yes, life human is life. Yes, human life. Yes, human life. I will life. strangle yes, a good distinction 100 to dolphins to save one baby. <laughs> I would. Right. As much as I hate yeah, kids you know. and I hate babies, I would do yeah. that. Just go away after you're done. <laughs> Saved your right. life. You don't need to thank me. Don't, no, don't hug me. You're sticky. <laughs> you're yeah, covered that's in always, like, like, your saliva and candy. Get out right away. <laughs> You pass it off to someone here. Take yeah, this baby. Yeah, I just, yeah, just it's disgusting it. me. Yeah. Right. So take it to the firehouse. Take it to the hospital. Right. No questions asked. You know, <laughs> what, yeah, exactly. What people do, though, like you are responsible for those things you set in action, in motion. And I believe that. And I know there are people who argue with that. But 
we either live in a world where you want people to be responsible for the things they do or you don't. And I'm an anarchist, but I, I believe in personal responsibility to the nth degree because you don't get to, to just leave your, like, I won't let my kids leave their mess around for someone else to clean up. You don't get to just do that. You get to, you know, if you don't want to raise your baby, fine, get it to someone who does. There are plenty of people that will take that baby in. Um, but I think you're, you know, would be a terrible person. And I, I think a lot of these people that argue this stuff, they're, they're talking in technicalities. It's like, it's like to me, Phariseeism. I don't know how familiar you are with Christianity. Um, but when well, I, I was a, a Baptist when I was really little and then I read the Bible. Oh, oh. So, you know, <laughs> the Pharisees, <laughs> when, I, when I read the Bible, I was like, well, that's a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> and you flicked your cigarette onto yeah. the, the playground. <laughs> uh, you can just see you as like a seven-year-old. <laughs> one of my favorite exact Galifianakis jokes was like, sometimes I like to read the Bible in public and then just utter, randomly spout out, oh, bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah. I, but that whole thing to me is like, it's it's a it's the letter of the law, right? Um, <laughs> you don't have any positive obligations. Well, no, but when you obligate yourself by your actions, yes, you do. So I I just don't um, I don't track with that, <clears throat> and I don't um, yeah I don't I don't want to live in that world either, you know. But I, this is my like like I was saying before, for a long time, I was on the fence as well, because I thought, well, this is just an an issue that libertarianism doesn't answer well. You know, there are some issues that it's it's really good at answering, but not this one. And uh, I was talking with our mutual friend, Patrick, actually, in his living room, I went down to visit. Which I have a note to mention. Go ahead. (laughs) Okay. Um, And, and we got to talking about it. And he's the one who actually changed my mind. um, Because I, I wanted a reason. What? Abortion is murder. Change my mind. <laughs> we need a, a, the sign. Yeah, um, I you know, but but um, I can't remember even exactly what he he said to me. But I do remember having this conversation with him, and um, you know, if, to me, it comes down to property rights and self ownership, like everything else, um, and. You know, people say, well, it's it's a part of the mother. Whatever. But when you when you when you abort, when you murder this baby, this fetus, if you will, um, it doesn't kill the mother like they're clearly separate entities. Right. Um, so, I, you know, I think it's it's something that I really don't care for the state to be regulating. You know, I don't want that. Uh, I still think it's sticky in that way, because I think what people don't often talk about either are all the, the targeting of abortion towards certain communities and all of the trouble economic and otherwise that the state has um, inserted itself into and may, and caused all these problems that make people even want to do that. I don't think that's generally the natural thought of most women, um, to, you know, get rid of their babies unless they're in a, 
a bad situation, you know, most of the, most of them, like, we're not talking about the lady who had 45 abortions and I'm proud of it. You oh, know, those, yeah. those kill the, kill the little effers woman too. that, that one. Um, those people are sick. And I think most people who are even pro abortion would think they're sick. Or how um, will I do cream pie videos on, on, <laughs> on regular uh, chat roulette now? <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> are you okay oh, over there? <laughs> God. But you know, it's like those those are people. Like the... I saw the I saw a meme about that one. Where it was like, what was it Ned Flat or the the church lady in The Simpsons? She was like, think of the cream pie videos. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> wow you know there's a market for everything out there yes. i'm saying there's a market for including babies it, oh. <laughs> oh man we're going to if there was a hell we'd be going there. oh not not for sexual no 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 that's not what i'm saying i'm saying people who want to adopt they should be able to buy right, kids. Right. okay just buy children on the open market yeah, yeah. um but yeah i <laughs> I think there's if people could talk about it with less emotion, it would be good. Because, look, abortion's been around for a long, long time, like a, like probably maybe a thousand years, you know, a long time. Oof. I think there's records of that. So it, it's not like it's not for as long as theories been... have been invented. Yes. <laughs> for as long as what have been invented? Stairs. Stairs. Oh, God. <laughs> Oh gosh. Yeah. Um, but you know, I think it was, it was always, yeah. (laughs) Oh, she just fell. I swear. Didn't Um, you honey? She stopped being so clumsy. (laughs) That got really dark really fast. I'm sorry. Go ahead. (laughs) It's like my childhood all over again. (laughs) Um, (laughs) but, uh, yeah, so I think I think it's a you know it's a highly charged issue, which it should be. We're talking about human life, like that Louis C.K. joke. I love it when he talks about you know all these these weirdo pro lifers. You know they think you're murdering babies, but you know we are you are murdering babies. <laughs> Something like that. And he has such a great way of of doing that. But you know, like it, it matters, and I think. Um. I think you you want to hear what people have to say on the other side, but people are just so because of state interjection into this issue, it's made it much worse. I mean, we know that the state messes everything up. So I think the state being involved in it in at all, um, you know, from what I understand, it was part of what was it Nixon's Southern Southern plan strategy? or something. Str- southern yeah, the strategy. Southern strategy to get Southern Democrats who are, you know, not not they're they're Democrats because they're like union. Uh, they want unions or they want, um, you know, certain social programs. They're not like l- the leftist type liberals. Right. They're Southern Democrats, which is a bit different. Yeah. And they're religious. And so if we can if we can really if we can get an issue that gets them locked in to our position will will take the south and um and they did and it's it's been people not really listening since then and i think it's just gotten worse and worse and worse and then now you have the people who are just hysterical about a decision that doesn't they don't you know it puts it back in the hands of the states which you're you're talking about federalism is where it always should have been in the first place yeah so 
I think you even have what Ruth Bader Ginsburg said. It was a terrible decision. Well, she didn't. Okay, she didn't say it was a terrible decision. She said it was on okay. very shaky ground, and that it was up to the okay. legislature of the federal government to codify it into law. So the Democrats had fifty oh, years, and they didn't to do something about it. And they were like, "Nah, it's cool. Supreme Court got it. It's not like yeah. the Supreme Court ever overturns any of their previous decisions. Like right. um, I don't know, yelling fire in a crowded theater or anything. Right. Uh, that that you know, nothing has ever been overturned. Right. Oh. Right. <laughs> I, I I think it's really interesting, too, because for me, this is what I thought when I heard about it. Um, I was like, wow, I'm surprised either side is going for this because they both use it as a wedge issue. Right. Like this is what keeps so many people entrenched. I mean, this is why a lot of people wouldn't join the Libertarian Party even because it had the pro abortion to some people that platform um and it's become just that important to people that it's their one issue and um i was really just shocked that that it happened because i know that the republicans want it to keep it an issue just as much as the democrats do because they they make a lot of hay off of it (laughs) so i'm surprised i I still think that the libertarian party should remain completely don't don't talk about it like in terms of like mm-hmm. the party itself the candidates maybe differently uh but right. the 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 party itself should remain completely agnostic about abortion and just go like it's up to the candidates until there's like some been some shift one way or the other right where right. the vast vast majority of them will agree um and i think the tide is definitely going the other way at least in the libertarian mm-hmm. community uh, I know that the that the that the tide is changing the other way, but people still look at the polls. But the polls are, uh, you know, when they talk about abortion, the polls basically ask two ways. They say, or they ask three different questions: like, do you think it should be not allowed at all, allowed with some restrictions, right. or allowed with no restrictions? So even people who are like, well, <laughs> I'm against abortion. Um, you know, once there's a heartbeat, which is like what five weeks, and I think we need to err on the side of caution. Mm-hmm. So probably not within like the first few weeks. Um, mm-hmm. I think that should be allowed. That would fall into that category, and that's the one that gets the most. And so people look right. at that and go like, "Well, most people agree with abortions." What's well, like, well, no, not that's, really. That's a, yeah, it's a very vague <laughs> question. And pollsters yes. like know this. If you there's a guy named Frank Luntz, which by the way, yes, fuck you, Frank. Um. <laughs> Frank Luntz talks about how like polling isn't necessarily it's not all science. There's a bit of artistry to it. And there's an episode of bullshit where he's in there. That's where fuck you, Frank comes in, which, by the way, fuck Mm -hmm. you, Frank, Um, where he where like he talks to someone. He says, like, do we do we need to should we spend more or less money on immigrants who come to America in terms of social services? And everyone goes, oh, no, we should spend way less. They're like, okay, Mm -hmm. would you deny uh, and uh, the, the children of illegal immigrants access to health care. Oh, no, no, no. They should be allowed to have. OK, what about schooling? And they would ask them like the individual issues. And everybody was like, oh, no, don't deny them that. No, no, don't right. you know, don't de- deny illegal immigrants this policy, this policy, this policy. And then he'd be like, OK, so you're for this. You're for that. You're for this. What exactly like do you still agree that we should spend more money? And then they would go, yeah, you know. I think it's fine the way it is. And then so he can turn around and go like more people say yes. Mm-hmm. But there is, there is some artistry to, to polling. It's not. Definitely. <laughs> it's, it's not I've complete actually, science. 
you might be disappointed in this, but I've actually uh, done some phone bank work for a certain uh, Koch brothers organization. <laughs> oh no! Oh, 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 this was years and years ago <laughs> when I was still under the delusion that you know we had to be involved in the political system in order to to change things or whatever. So, um, but yes, there's a lot of artistry within it because. The they're very, very um, careful to word it a certain way and make sure that you ask it exactly as they've written it. Mm -hmm. So um, because it's it it's all political theater, right? Like we, we know this um, and people, there are people who make a lot of money figuring those things out and how to ask those questions to kind of lead the person as well as skew the the answers in the end. Um, so, but there yeah. are some polls where you can kind of say, okay, this makes a whole lot more sense. If you yeah. ask them like, what political candidate are you going to vote for? Um, those sorts mm -hmm. of questions, something that's very straightforward. Whereas when mm -hmm. you talk about like, where there's only like three answers on an abortion question, you know, that people are all over the map when it comes to what right. they view as, as abortion, whether you're anti or pro-abortion. So to yeah. put, put in those three categories, you have to, that's, you're gonna have to start going like, okay. What what would what would this classify? What would my position classify under? But then I could still say, am I this? Do I know somebody yeah. else who has a position that differs from me, but would still fall under that same category? That's when you have to start going like, okay, maybe there's something wrong here. Um, right. I think the tide is definitely turning. Uh, I I do notice there's a lot of people that I used to follow who were definitely um, pro pro abortion who are starting to back off from it, and they're doing it in the mm. same way that I did. For, for many years where they're kind of like sitting on the fence, like, I don't know, something's not mm -hmm. right. It just, it just takes the right question. And I have, I have to give all the credit to Seamus Coughlin, Seamus Coughlin, excuse me, uh, for kind of like helping me move in that right direction. He was always talking to me about it. it, it a lot of times when we were doing the show, cause he knew that I was sitting on the fence. And so he was giving me all the arguments and I would relay some of those arguments to like some of my pro abortion, uh, co-hosts. And I was just getting like really bad answers. Um, mm -hmm. But if you really want to hear like a good case for, uh, you know, for the anti-abortion or, or abortion is murder case, like Patrick, and I'll, I'll put a link in the description in the show notes once, once this episode comes out tomorrow morning or now, if you're listening, uh, only RSS feed or um, yeah. not live. Um I'll put a link to uh, to his uh, his video he did. It's like three hours long. I ended up going through the whole thing and time stamping all of the arguments that people constantly give for the pro side, um, oh, where cool. they address every single uh, argument for it. And so, right, uh, I have the yeah, pin comment on it. Yeah, did the best at that stuff at like <laughs> I just I breaking some, down I have some the philosophy. Yeah, I have some disagreements with this philosophy, uh, but we're mm -hmm. still friends. And he, right. he, he, he gives me shit every once in a while. And, I'm, and I'll, I'll just be like, just get off, get off my flagpole. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, Good old Friedman. Uh, yeah. It's, you know, and then that's the thing. Like, I think Patrick and, and most other you, you know, other people, if you're coming in good faith to actually have philosophical and, and not emotional arguments, then, then you can talk like they'll talk to you. They, that's respectable. Mm -hmm. You know, um, it's the, the problem is, is with this, everybody's looking at the other side as the caricature of who they are 
and they're not really like, I mean, I, I believe it's murder. I don't, I don't want people having abortions. I also don't want the state regulating crap like that. And if there were no state, I, I probably wouldn't even know about people having abortions, <laughs> but there certainly wouldn't be, you know, uh, Planned Parenthood targeting minority communities and things like that. So I, yeah, um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. I'm going to defend Planned Parenthood a little bit, even though they deserve none, especially after all the states, okay. especially after all of the states that banned abortion, they left town. It was like, wait a minute. I thought only 3% of your income is coming from that. What, right. Why, exactly. why are you? Said, what the fuck? Provides, <laughs> you blind yeah. sack of shit. Um, right. <laughs> but I will say that I think it's it's not really so much that they, they were initially definitely targeting that. Uh, Margaret mm-hmm. Sanger was very much eugenicist. Yes. Who thought black people were subhuman and so she targeted yes. those areas but i think that the culture is so much there in those communities that that's where the demand is and so they go where the demand is not so much the okay. other way around now i think i think a lot of people who work there have good but very ill-guided like intentions sure. um but yeah but it is kind of gross if you actually bring, yeah. but this is this is also the same group of people who will go like, well, that may that may be like what's happening, but you know, um, that's not the intention, so it's fine. Meanwhile, anything else that goes wrong for the African American community in any way, shape, or form, well, that's systematic, right. <laughs> like that's systematic racism. Well, what about Planned Parenthood <laughs> abortion? How come? Well, no. no, that's that's different. It's like, well, no, no, no. There, there either is this this concept called systemic, right? Systemic, systematic, systemic, systemic, systemic. Yeah. So it would be systemic. It's not intentional. Yeah. So systematic right. uh, racism, and it applies to abortion or it doesn't. Right. It doesn't exist at all yeah. across the board. I mean, that's what so many people. That's where consistency has to matter, yeah. right? You have to be consistent. And so most people aren't, though, and that's the problem when you get into something like this. Like, like I. I like you said, why would they leave when, you know, they're supposed to be, they're providing um, health care to these women, not just, I can't forget, they, they provide like tests for STDs and birth control and things like that. Um, but they just abandoned these women that are apparently have no, no other help whatsoever. Like that's the way the left talks about them as if they're completely helpless and there's nothing else they can do. And, if they can't get abortions, then how are they going to not have babies? Like, <laughs> there are ways, ladies. Yeah. I don't know what to tell you. And men, too. Like, it's, 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 you know, women, and this is an argument that is true. Women pay the biggest price for uh, unplanned pregnancies. No doubt. That's why, you know, as women, we have to be more discerning about what we're doing because we, it's a lot harder for a dude to get saddled with a baby than, than you. Um, so women have 16 different last I checked, there was 16 different options for birth control for them. Only one of them is abortion (laughs) and men have uh, two, which is uh, Mm. abstinence and condoms and that's it. Yeah. So neither of those are very satisfying. I will admit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I, I, I would love to see developments in that area because I think there's a lot of men who, would say, I would love to be able to take a pill that would keep my sperm from, you know, impregnating some, some chick, you know, that I don't really want to have a baby with. Well, I guess it's um, vasectomy, but I don't, that's, that's, that, that's technically yeah. permanent. It's re- possibly reversible, but mm. for all intents and purposes, it's 
permanent. They, yeah, they consider it, it permanent it, just because there may be complications restoring it. So. Right. And you, you know, scar tissue is a big thing and could affect that. So it, even if they do the reversal surgery, it yeah. doesn't mean it will work. Um, so, yeah, I, I think there's, you know, when you, whenever you take out the personal responsibility from something, then it's easy to make tons of excuses for why it's okay. And, and I'm not saying that people aren't in bad situations and that a baby is not what they need. I'm not saying any of that, but I am saying that I don't think it's okay to, to just discard a human life because you made a mistake. Um, that's my opinion. Again, whenever you take, it's going to make some people angry. I, I generally, sorry, sorry. I I ended up accidentally opening up the the YouTube stream and it played back. So can you say that one more time? (laughs) Uh, I, I was just saying, I don't think you have the right to discard a human life because it's inconvenient to you when you went through the motions of setting that life in, on course, you yeah. know? So I, I, I think that's, it's, it is a symptom of a greater problem in our, you know, society to sound like some moralizer. Um, but <laughs> where, you know, there, there is a, um, personal responsibility is just not a thing that is very common for a lot of people. They don't think about their responsibility to themselves and their families and their communities um, beyond what they want in the moment. And, um, you know, I, I'm responsible for the things I do in the world and I've taught my children. They're responsible for the things they do in the world. I, I haven't cleaned either of my kids' rooms since they were old enough to do it themselves. Like they, they started learning. I started teaching them. This is your, this is your, these are your things and you're responsible for them. If we go somewhere, they carry their own crap. Like they've been doing that since they were little. I, I, you know, but people expect kids to just grow up and all of a sudden reach some magic number where they're all of a sudden responsible, but they don't teach them that. And, and so I think this is all sort of a, a symptom of that, kind of thinking that people that a lot of people have where, you know, Oh, they'll grow out of it. No, they <laughs> fucking won't grow out of it. That's what parents are for, right? They're to guide and to teach and to coach. Um, so I, I really kind of abhor that mentality of, well, I'm just going to set you loose, you feral child on the rest of the world. And I hope everything works out. You know, <laughs> Like, I don't know. Have you seen that? This is kind of getting off subject. Have you seen that show Snowflake Mountain or something like that? Snowflake Mountain? Yeah, it's on It's on. Um, what is Netflix. this about Tumblr? No, <laughs> I don't know what that means about Tumblr. No. Uh, isn't that gone now? Is Tumblr a thing still? Well, they got rid of porn and then everybody else got left with it. And they came oh, to well, Twitter. Yeah. Now they're infecting Twitter. That's why Twitter is so woke now. Oh, okay. Went away, unfortunately. All right. Uh, well, um, it's it's a it's a show where people they have these like young adults. They're in their early twenties, and they still live at home, and they're pampered, and they're they're all the character you know the caricatures of millennials. They they're entitled. They you know feel like everybody is is against them if they don't get what they want you know it, and and so they get tricked into going to this i don't know how much of it's true it's a reality show so you know but but the thing is these two guys that are like formal or former navy seal or some stupid shit like that they um have them go through these tasks and and you just see this whole um sort of 
I didn't do my job as a parent. And so now I'm going to drop you off somewhere and expect someone else to do it for you. And I'm going to blame you the whole time. You know, you're entitled, but it's nothing I did. I didn't give you everything you want and helicopter you and never allow you to make any mistakes or schedule your own life. But it's all your fault. You know, and that that's it's, and that's really what it is. Like people do this all the time with their kids. They'll drop them off at a psychiatrist or some kind of therapist and say, fix them. But they don't want to take any responsibility for, you know, the wreck that they've raised. Yeah. Um, and I, I, blame think the that, I think that, I blame the boomers. Yeah, the, oh, God. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, there's so much to be said there. But, you know, a lot of Gen X, too, because. I think one of the worst things you can do for for kids is helicopter them and have them scheduled every moment of the day and just never let them have a task that is their own and that they can do and accomplish something and be proud of and or fail at it or whatever. But but let them take on their life and you've got to teach them how to do that. But do it like be a parent and do what you're supposed to do. Um these people don't do that. And then they expect everybody else to sort of pick up the pieces. So I think that's abortion has become like, it's one area where people go, well, gosh, these people, these, these 14 year olds got together and made a baby and they didn't know. I don't know a 14 year old in this fucking country that doesn't know that having sex leads to babies. You've had what, 30 years or, or what, however long of, of sex education in public schools and, and, teaching people how to put on condoms and all sort of stuff. And then, you know, the, you're just saying what a failure you are, if that's the case, <laughs> like how incompetent your, your programs are. If 14 year olds today don't know what leads to pregnancy. Exactly. Sorry. Couldn't have said it better. No, perfect. <laughs> I, got, I get I'm, so upset about this stuff. Yeah, I, I really do blame the boomers. Like you don't understand how deep my hatred for the boomer generation is. I mean, yeah. my parents, were a little bit different because they weren't involved. They were sort of involved with it, but they never got into the bad parts of it. So, are you familiar with a writer by the name of Hunter S. Thompson? Yes, <laughs> yes, I am. Probably my favorite author of all time. Okay, uh, one of his books probably made it turned into one of my favorite movies of all time: Fear and Loathing in Las uh, Vegas. Right. Um, though probably like the first part of his career. Um, from Hell's, oh, I guess from Rum Diaries, but he didn't release it until later. So, like from Hell's, uh, from Hell's Angels to about like the Great White Shark Hunt. I forget what that last book mm -hmm. was called. That period right there is when he was writing really good stuff, and then after that, he was writing like schlock because I think he had imposter right. syndrome later in his life. Um, hmm. Anyways, for Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, I think people watch that movie and they read that book and they just walk away going like, man, that was really funny that he was doing all these drugs and doing really shitty things. Mm -hmm. Ha, ha, ha. And that's kind of what I – that's the way I saw it the first time I watched it in like high school. I was like, wow, that's crazy. Look at all the drugs they're doing. Right. But it wasn't until like later in life after I read the book, uh, which – didn't really add much to it because they did such a faithful adaptation of that movie um, mm -hmm. to the book. But when I when I started like getting really like interested in like this this whole thing, I started realizing like what the central theme was because I kept hearing like and like he's it was an interview someone did where he asked him like did you ever find the American dream and he was like yeah that's why it's called the Great American Story did you read the book mm. did you watch the movie and they were like. I don't understand. And I was like, okay, so I need to understand what this is all about. And so I started going through it again. And I was actually paying attention to the parts where I kind of just 
glazed over with boredom when he was talking. And I was like, oh, my God, right. this is actually really profound, which he talks about, like, how the countercultural movement came in and they had so much energy. The baby baby boomers came in. They pretty much stopped the war. They had so much you know, good going for them, maybe, though, their politics may have been misguided. Um but the, you know they were definitely a like a, a kind of force against this kind of neo con, uh, conservative war machine that was happening at the time, right? And then all of a sudden that wave rolled back. And if you look out on the Vegas skyline, you can actually see the high water mark. That's what he said in the, in the book. And he was like, hmm. "What the hell happened? And why did the American dream die with that? The whole right. idea, the concept of the American dream die with that?" And then he started doing more drugs and everything. And he started looking around at the casinos and seeing like all these used car salesmen, you know, trying to trying to grab at that American dream. And he realized that it was the drugs. It was the mm -hmm. fucking drugs that fucking killed it. Um, right. Because it was Timothy Leary, the tune in, turn on, drop out. Thing. Right. Drop out. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He told everybody, like, you can find peace and understanding for three bucks a hit. But what do you right. But all of these people had fell into the mystic fallacy that there's some some force or some thing tending the light at the end of the tunnel and there's not right and so now you have a whole generation of cripples and now these mm. people are in charge of the country <laughs> yeah yeah that's well, at really the time, interesting really, but yeah <clears throat> yeah i think that's really interesting like in the merry pranksters and all that with timothy larry um this sort of idea that you can you can just i mean i'm i'm pretty much a free spirit in a lot of ways um, even though I talk a lot about personal responsibility, like I, I like to do what I want when I want. I'm highly motivated by fun. Um, but there's an emptiness in that and yeah. the just and, and so I think this is where where I really like Jordan Peterson um, is in this category. You say what you will about it with other things. But I think when people when there's no responsibility, when there's no purpose for your life. And, and, and as a, as a, a, you know, libertarian anarchist, I believe that you determine what that purpose is, right? You get to chart your own course. But I think what the boomer generation sold everyone was that shirk your responsibility, man. You don't need that. Yeah. And really that's what gives you purpose and, and makes it, it's kind of like, um, is it boogie nights where it's one of the movies where at the, maybe it's blow, um, I think it's a blow where they're, you know, at the beginning and probably Boogie Nights, too. They're having their fun. It's all great. And then by the end, it, it's all just, you know, ashes. It's turned to ashes. Yep. And, and I think that's the, the whole thing is that, you know, I as a as a, you know, anarchist, I believe people should be able to put in their bodies and do to their bodies what they choose, um, you know, within the bounds of harming others, uh, not harming others, but is that going to be your best life? Probably not. Nope. You know, I, I've seen dudes that, you know, split their tongues, split their penises and, you know, put all these rings and stuff in themselves and do all sorts of things. And Ooh, are they really happy? I mean, they, uh. they, they can never get them. <laughs> like they never stop because, and, and I think this is, if you want to get in the trans thing, I think that's, you know, part of it, too, is that people are sold that there's a there's a cure that is going to make them feel 100 percent great and their life will be fine after that. And it's just not true. Everything takes work. Life takes work constantly. And, um, you know, I, I'm not I, I'm not a 
I, I like to do some drugs. Like I'm not a person who says don't do any drugs, but I am a person who says be responsible and don't think that that's going to change your life. Um, always for the better. Like I, I, you know, mushrooms, I tend to, I like those. And I think they saved my life. I really do. I'm, I'm convinced that they did. Um, but I treat them with respect. Like I, 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 you know, you it's, use it's them, like, you I'm, don't abuse them is what you're saying. Yes. And, and so, you know, I, I think a lot of times people get in over their heads or they think just because it's okay for me to do something that it has no consequences. And I mean, we all know people who are burned out stoners, like, yep. you know, and that's, that's the mildest thing you can probably put in your body that was <laughs> considered a yep. drug, maybe besides caffeine. I don't know, but, um, you can even overdo that, you know? Yep. And so it's, it's about having, finding that purpose in your life the things that make you want to get up every morning, the people that bring you joy, the things that bring you joy and investing in your own life enough to where those things are just accents. They're not your whole life. And I, I, I know, I know people that I really like that drugs are their life. Yep. You know, that's what they live for. And it's, it's kind of sad. I can name names. <laughs> Derek right. You know, yeah. <laughs> and it's like, just because you can doesn't mean you should. And yeah. I'm not going to tell you what you should do with yourself. I might as a friend say to you, Hey, I think, I think you're, you're going off the rails here. And I think that's what someone who loves you should do. Um, I hear a lot of times like anarchists though, try and say, you don't tell me what to do. Like, I'm not trying to tell you what to do. I'm trying to help you point out to you, you know, you that maybe am I being detained. Right, right. I'm not forcing you. Yeah. So there's a difference in in caring about someone and saying, hey, you know, is this really what you want to be doing with your life? Um, and, and calling the cops on somebody like that. There's the difference. And um, I think a lot of people are are seeing that there's a lot of, you know, you and I aren't spiritual, but there are a lot of people well, in the movement who are. Who I, are I, I am, but I am an atheist. Uh, right. Okay. You, you, know I'm, you know I'm a Satanist, right? You yeah. Got that? Okay. Yeah. Good. Good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not um, that. Well, I'm spiritual, not religious. Not like no, I'm religious, right? And spiritual, straight just, up. Just, just an atheist, throwing yeah. the horns. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I I've looked into it quite a bit myself. I I I respect the. Do they call them tenets of Satanism. Yeah. I don't know what the, the. I respect those. They're very libertarian. You know, yeah. like, I, I do have some disagreements yeah. with the with the Church of Satan proper. I mean, they're they're very much pro-abortion, and I'm like, wait, what about what about number nine, buddy? Do not harm little children. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah. what about Ooh, that one? The littlest, the littlest of children. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's just um, it's too it's kind of anti-science to look at it as only a clump of cells. Like it's my understanding from people who well, actually I am work a clump with of cells. cells. You're a clump of cells. We're all yeah, just a yes. bunch of clump of cells. Clump yeah. of cells. Right. But like, you know, that's the argument. Well, it's just a clump of cells. And the difference is a clump of cells in a, in a Petri dish in a lab isn't headed anywhere. A, an implanted, um, zygote or egg of a woman, uh, a fertilized one is headed somewhere. There's a biological, chain that's starting yeah, there's, there there's and that's a, there's that's a big difference created. there's already the propensity mm -hmm. for what the baby is going to look like how smart mm -hmm. the baby is going to be propensity to mental yeah. illness uh, 
all, all that stuff. It's all there. Right. It's, it's on it's that incredible. track. Yeah. Yeah. And that, like, that's, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was going to say like, and I heard a lot of people like, well, if, when does actually personhood begin? It's like, well, that doesn't matter because whatever definition you can, there's going to be like edge cases where you can say, well, what about someone in a coma that would fall into that same category or mm-hmm. a small, tr- it's like, why is that narrow three inch, what is it? Three inches canal. Why is that passage the official like cutoff line where you go, okay, then that's not okay. Right. Like, when exactly is it? <laughs> when yeah. exactly do they gain yeah. personhood? You have to treat it like they're in the yeah. process of doing. Even if you, even if you did a test and it found, then they they determined that this baby is 100 percent going to have Down syndrome. Mm-hmm. That doesn't necessarily mean they're not ever going to be a rights respecting individual, because right. there are there are people who have Down syndromes who can actually function as a normal adult. Um, Absolutely, they're just they're just stunted. There are yeah. people, or- and you don't even know the odds of that. So, right, yeah. I, and there's plenty of cases where people were told one thing and then their their babies are born fine too yeah. um or or not nearly as as bad off as they were told uh because you know prognosis and diagnosis are different yeah <laughs> and people forget that a lot of times like you can diagnose something but you can't always a doctor can tell you you have cancer and they can give you the prognosis that you have six months to live, but they're not in control of that. They don't know that for sure. They, it's an educated guess, and that's what it should be looked like as. And so um, it's it's sort of the same with, with the feti. Uh, but I, I remember Glenn, what's his face? The white-haired guy, conservative, Glenn. Uh, Glenn Beck. Beck, yes, Glenn Beck. Years ago, when I used to be of that persuasion and I was a talk radio junkie, um, I was listening to Glenn Beck. I was actually watching a show and he has a daughter with Down syndrome and he made the most beautiful um, speech, basically, about why these lives are precious because um you know a lot of people were just saying well you should just you shouldn't you know bring a child into the world knowing it's sick as a and as an excuse for abortion like um and and he was saying the the joy the overwhelming love and goodness that his daughter with down syndrome is brought into the world is you can't put a value on that like that's a person and I'm I'm not romanticizing all people with Down syndrome, but I think if you've ever known someone with Down syndrome, this My cousin is kind has of Down syndrome. So, okay, yeah. that's kind of how they are. A lot of them, a lot of people with Down syndrome are just there's no guile, there's no, there's not any any, they wouldn't harm anything in them. Like they, there's just a a goodness that is inspirational, you know. So I, I'm not you know, trying to say there's not issues there. That's, that's a hard, it is a hard life to live. Um, but I'm retarded. <laughs> uh, sorry. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, and I know there, that's, you know, that's a, a, a very gross generalization of, of a broad issue, but, um, I've known quite a few people with down syndrome growing up, uh, through my life. And, and, mostly they are inspiring just because they're so kind and loving and gentle. And, and so I, I just, I would hate to say that there's no value to someone that has those issues. Um, and 
I mean, if there was one argument, I think that makes me take a second, you know, is there a God? It's the human body and how nature in the, of itself is, is developed and, you know, how things grow and it's, it's miraculous. It's just, it's amazing. Um, and I think we, like you said, we kind of have to, if we don't have a specific day on this day, they are human. This is where consciousness and life begins. I think you just have to err on the side of caution. I, well, I think it's always um, going to, it's always going to be fuzzy. There's never going to be like, well, yeah. at this particular second, I don't think there's ever going to be that. There's going to be like definitely a gray area in that middle. Right. But yeah. I still don't want to, I want to err on the side of caution and put it before that gray area starts. Um, yeah. Whatever that gray area is. Yes. Um, I, I, I guess, I, I guess a lot of this too is just letting go of the fact that in an, in the, the anarchist world that I would prefer, I'm not going to have control over all of these things. And I'm not responsible for every moral injury that people do to themselves or to their, their unfortunate offspring or that, well, they're not offspring. Right. Um, at that point that, so I, I can't, I just can't sit around and, um, be concerned about everything, every bad thing people are going to do. Like bad things are going to happen all the time, always. And, and abortion is just one of the many bad things that I think, you know, will continue to happen. It's just, you want to create a world where people have more opportunity to choose better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, <Do it> better. <laughs> yeah. I, I, so yeah, it was, it was an arduous, arduous, arduous march for me <laughs> to, uh, <laughs> to, 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 to come to where I was on, on you know, anti-abortion. Um, yeah. and it was, it was rough and a lot of it kind of, there was also like this pressure and I, there was definitely this pressure at the beginning of the Lulperts. And I'm sure like a lot of people have seen this progression for me where I was trying to be as positive as I could to the woke crowd as much as I could. Um, mm -hmm. But I remember that moment where that ended for me. And that was when I had a friend of mine who I haven't talked to in a while on YouTube uh, make a video about some transgender issue. And it, like, I think I still think that it, that his point was wrong. Um and I was just like, I, th I think you're wrong about this particular one. Um, and that's not to say that, you know, I, I agree with all of the super wokeness around it. I think that this particular right. thing that you're talking about, like, I think it's fine that people can feel like there's something that they're not, even if sure. I have no understanding what that feeling would be like. Like, you can ask mm -hmm. me, like, well, what does it feel like to be a man? Well, it's like, well, I, I feel manly when I do a lot of things. Um, right. It, what if I never had that feeling? Maybe. I would feel the other way. I don't know. I don't know what that experience is. I can't really say. Mm -hmm. And just because I don't have any personal experience with it. That was basically the thesis of my video that and there actually is an entry in uh, the DSM for gender dysphoria. Right. And I had some woke and, mm -hmm. and communist guy try to like paint me as some like transphobe, like, Oh, right. he's, you know, he's saying it's a mental illness. And I was like, okay, so I got the terminology wrong. What's, is there anything like factually that I said that was incorrect? Like something mm -hmm. evil that I said? And there was even like some people, like his fans that were like, I think you went overboard with this one. I think you should let it slide. <laughs> it was like, he, right. I don't think he said any, like he may have misspoke about things, but whatever. Um, right. That's when I was like, I'm done. I'm just, I'm, I'm fucking yeah. done cod coddling these people. I'm done. 
um, mm-hmm. <laughs> at all. Because you, you're coming to it in good faith, but yeah. they they don't care about that. They want to if you don't if you don't just you know because it is about power for a lot of these people, not necessarily the trans people themselves, because they're I believe trans people are used as you know the pawns in this whole thing. Cardboard cutouts. Yes, for they're like Native Americans. People. Yeah, they're like Native Americans. Yes, yes, yes. They're unimpressive people to have social power over others. And what happens is you you're trying to talk about, you know, I, I think most people in this country today want to have these conversations with people, but are so afraid of of those types, the woke types, you know, painting them and, and just you know, shouting them down basically with their words. They care more about the specific, you know, controlling the specific words you use than actually listening to what you're trying to say. And, and I'm not, I don't think that's even a majority of what we'd call liberals. I think there's a certain segment of the woke, you know, what people would call the woke crowd that that is their raison d'etre is to be special because of how virtuous they are to that ideology and how, how wrong they can make everyone else. And, um, you know, I, I don't know if you saw this, uh, but Bill Maher, did you see his little segment about was brilliant and right. Oh my gosh. I thought, and he did another one recently and I, I, was messaging my ex-husband and I were messaging back and forth about these and like, Oh my God, can you believe how on fire Mar is? <laughs> like, Look, I'm going to defend um, Mar. I'm going to defend Mar because I, I do like Bill Mar, even though I disagree with them a lot. I think yeah. he, even when I disagree with them, I still find his jokes funny. Like he has really perfect yes. timing and he's very quick. Like he's one of those he's, people where he could think of a joke. Even if you don't agree with it, you'll be like, okay, that was funny. Yeah, it's wrong, but it's funny. Yeah, yeah. But right. he was, he's clearly intelligent and thoughtful, even yeah, if he's wrong. Yeah, but he's <laughs> he's never been a part of this woke stuff. He has always yes. been like like kind of like a 1980s Democrat. He's always mm-hmm. has been like that. And he never right. moved with the times. And I remember mm-hmm. even when I was a progressive, I would watch him and I'd be like, why is he like shilling for like these right wing positions sometimes? I don't uh. understand it. But so when I watch him now – there's a lot of times where I'm like, he fucking got it. He, like, he understands this. Yeah. And then, like, the yeah. next thing, and to be like, oh, God, fucking shut up, Mar. <laughs> right. Yeah. But um, I, I think at least there's there's logic. Like, I can deal, I can accept and respect anyone who has, like, like the abortion issue. I, I don't think that they have no arguments on the other side. I just think that in the end, it's a life, and you just can't dispose of life because it's inconvenient. Um I think someone in a certain time period in Germany tried to do those things and that's not right. It's not ever right. And so I'm, I, you know, I'm not, I won't argue Soviets that too. there the Soviets are. Soviets did the same thing. They, they, yeah, were, they exactly. were more successful too. Right. And so, you know, I, I just, I see it as sort of, sort of the same kind of thought about human life is that some people are disposable. And in my, my opinion, people are not disposable. And, um, well, Unless through their actions, they make them I like, yeah, you know, if you're a, a democratic senator, child rapist, or, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a politician, child rapist. Oh, oh same, same thing. Same Sorry. thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's satanic yes, pedophiles um, running the country. That's right. crazy <laughs> talk. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I remember when that was crazy talk like five yeah, years ago. I remember too. Yeah. Yeah. 
I know. And then, whoa, what? <laughs> <laughs> it's, I, I think people like give Jones too much credit when they say that like, he's been right. Maybe we should have been listening to him all along. It's like, no, it's, he's not that he's been right. Right. Because mm -hmm. I mean, if you, if you, if you keep making like predictions every day, like terrible right. predictions, something's going to stick, something's gonna stick. Yeah. and he does that a lot. So occasionally a lot of them stick. It's just that the media has just been so wrong because they just yes. they're digging their heels into their ideology so much mm -hmm. so that they're completely blind and they're making these predictions and these conclusions that are factually wrong. If you did some minor digging and he when he does some minor digging, he'll go like, yeah, you know, something about the virus, you know, something, something It came from somewhere. I don't want to say because I don't want to get hit yeah. with YouTube stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but you're like right and then you're like well but then he'll go on to say it's all part of the new world order conspiracy lizard or interdimensional beings right. it's like okay that part's crap but you know <laughs> he he got that first part right and then people go like well he got that right well sort of it's not right. that he's that he was right i mean anybody with that information could have come to that conclusion mm -hmm. it's just why did yeah. all the other outlets get it so wrong for so yeah. long well I you know, this is something I've often thought if we're talking about conspiracies. Um, I think becoming an anarchist for me was world changing. Like it's so, I think even just becoming a, a, a regular philosophical libertarian, which is an anarchist in my mind, just, just so we're clear. Um, your, Check your, your premises. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but your your worldview changes so much and you see so much of what you have been lied to about. You see how the state lies about everything and what the how the media is fucking say about me, you little <laughs> I'll have you know I graduated top. That's all right. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, we have must have our fun. Yeah. Um, no, but to, that. You know, you, you get to this point where you see that so much of what you um, have been told is not the truth. And so it always reminds me of that one verse in the Bible about with with knowledge comes sorrow. And I felt like that when I became a libertarian, <laughs> like, oh, my God, like th there's a lot of bad in the world. It took me a while to dig out of that. And like, oh, it's not all bad, you know. And, um, but I think some people. Just because they've lied about most things doesn't mean they're lying about everything. Right. Yeah. Like just because, um, they've lied to you about, you know, uh, their authority over you doesn't mean the earth is flat. Like they, they, they what it would take in order for that conspiracy to happen in the, the thousands of years and all of the, like there, there wouldn't be anyone who didn't know about it because it did have to include so many people. I mean, there's just some, some stuff out there that, I think people, they go, well, that was a lie. So maybe I can believe a little of this. And they don't keep their, they kind of just let their thinking go to one side while they say, well, this is what the state narrative is. So it has to be something else. Yeah. I mean, they couldn't, when, they couldn't, they couldn't cover up a, a dress with a, with a white stain on it. They couldn't cover up, right. uh, <laughs> you know, this, and, and they can't even decide what to feed kids for school lunches, but, oh, but they're going to somehow like orchestrate like right. this global event <laughs> where right. the like, global been, event where like, you know, they had to kill like a couple, th like, was it three, almost 3000 people in order to just go to right. war with Iraq, which all they had to do anyway, was just at that time, at least I'll just be like, right. oh, he 
he had some evil yeah. demon, whatever. I don't know. Right. They're going to hide the ice wall. You know, <laughs> that was just an ex an, a convenience that happened. They were like, OK, now we can use this as an excuse to do what we wanted to do right. all this time. Now we have a reason to do it. There could have been any other reasons that could have came down the line that they could have used. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's easy when you're like, I, I mean, David Icke is is one of those guys that um, I I've always liked fringe things, um, even when I was a little kid. And I used to watch uh my 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 all time crush Leonard Nimoy, um, this show he used to do called um, Doctor Fiction, or was it? No, no, that was a, it was that no, was a Star was, Trek um, guy. <laughs> yeah, that was a. Uh, we made it up. Justin Jonathan Frakes. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> uh, but, but anyways, Leonard Nimoy did a, a show like that where they would talk about like the, the story of Atlantis. And I had all these books when I was a kid that I, I really liked that sort of thing. And um, <clears throat> even now, it, when I was older, I would listen to like Art Bell and George Norrie and um, Jeff Rents, you know, Whitley Strieber, all those shows. I didn't believe most of what I heard on there. Sometimes there was some good stuff, but um, like with David Icke, there's a lot of things he talks about, like with authority and. Have you ever walked and, out and of a mall that... into a huge parking area <laughs> and realized you'd forgotten where you parked your car? <laughs> Sorry, I had to. Okay. I had I had the drop, so I had to use it. Uh, Got to do it. Um, but but then you get into the lizard people, but you're you're kind of hooked in with some of the stuff that he's right about. Like it's okay to to think. Well, he's right about this and he's wrong about that. Like, um, that's, I guess it's more of an academic. I, I sort of came to libertarianism more through the, what I think of as the academic side with the, um, you know, I, 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 I listened to talk radio is how I first thought I was a libertarian for, for many years. I was still Neil voting Bortz. Republican. <laughs> uh, yeah. Neil Bortz. <laughs> and, um, but then I, I started listening to Tom Woods. Um, and that's, that's a very much academic demographic, right? And so, um, and I, I'm, I was, I was married to a very academic person and, um, there's gotta be proof, you know, there's gotta be logic that flows. And I, what I find in a lot of people that I, I like, they're nice people. I, you know, there's nothing evil about them, but what people will do is they make these wild jumps in logic or my favorite, the people who, who use, take a word and because it sounds like something, they make this jump to, it is this thing. And so I, I don't know what, to, what do you do with that? You can't like, there's no, there's no logic that can go with that. Like you, you can argue it from a logical point of view, but they have to be willing to say, okay, well, I made this jump in logic. And a lot of times they're just not. Um, and that's fine. You know, they can see the world how they want to. Um, and, and a lot of them, I, I think they're right about a lot of things. You know, it's not that they're my enemy or something. I just, um, for me, I have to have more um, input before I can say, Yes, the earth is flat. I have to have more like actual science and input and and it doesn't have to have rely on a huge conspiracy that would just be I I just, you know, maybe I just don't believe enough, but I did that in my former life. I believed a lot of things and I took it on faith and I'm not willing to do that anymore. So 
um, my standards of <clears throat> what I will accept are just higher. And because I think skepticism is so valuable. Um, I just don't think it can be overstated how valuable just, just common skepticism. You don't have to be brilliant to be a skeptic. And I think that's the, where you should like kind of be with everything, especially at first is I'm a little bit skeptical about this. Maybe I should look into it a little well, more or. Well, there's some things you should be skeptical of, but I, but if you're crossing the street, there's a probably a good chance that the sidewalk is not made of water and you're not going to fall in. <laughs> <laughs> there's some right. there's some assumptions you can just assume things are safe, right? Yeah, yes, yeah. of course. Yeah. Yes, of course. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry to go James you know, Randy to... on you, but <laughs> <laughs> you got to be skeptical of the things that you're that's reasonable to be skeptical about, right? Yeah, yeah. ideas. You know, yeah. I, I you know I'm I know that every morning you know when I get up the sun is somewhere out there even if I can't see it. Yeah. You know, I, I don't have to I don't have to do a bunch of research to make sure it's there, right? <laughs> But, um, you know, especially with ideas and things that you accept that are very, um, they would, they would make reality into a whole different thing, uh, if they were true, I think you have to be very skeptical of that because look, I, even for me, when I first became a libertarian and especially a voluntarist, um, it was my religion. It really was. And and I, I think it, it was okay for the time I needed, you know, I, I was replacing my old religion with this new one. Um, and I've, I've really kind of drifted away from that. Um, not from the principles, but from having to proselytize or like, I still like to talk to people about it. Don't get me wrong, but, um, I'm more open to, to listening and, and, maybe seeing some more nuance to things, um, especially if they're not about, you know, principle, if they're just about life in general or whatever. Um, but I, I do think skepticism is very healthy. And a lot of times people just aren't skeptical enough of people they like and, and people who like, I have a good example of this. Um, Mark Passio, I, the first time I accidentally, I accidentally came across Mark Passio. I had no idea who he was. Um, I was listening to some David Icke things on, on YouTube. Just, I just like that. I like religion. I like to read and listen to things about that. Um, and, and so anyways, I came across a Mark Passio like seminar he was doing where he talked about order followers. I had never like, it blew my freaking mind that that's immoral to just follow an order because it's given to you. And I thought that was amazing. And I really respect him for that. I'm really thankful that I came across him and, and heard that. I don't agree with a lot of, I don't even know what he says. Anymore. I hear, I hear about what he thinks, but I don't, I don't hear him. I don't really listen to his work um, too much. Are you Mark but, Bassett, um, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, I, I ended up having to do a. Oh God! How long? We, I think we were going like sixteen hours. A sixteen-hour long, yeah, long, long stream about with with Patrick and yeah. Christian. Yeah, I'll I saw part of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the natural law thing, and you know, I I was in that for a Me little and my bit. And I had suit. a conversation. <laughs> yes, the bookies. Yeah, that was great. Um, I, but like I had, I had a people going like, with a guy. how am I supposed to take someone seriously who's wearing a scroll outfit? And I'm like, right. It's a Bucky's onesie. 
Right. Don't misgender me. me. It's not. <laughs> yeah. Excuse me. Excuse um, me. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I you had a are? With a guy. <laughs> I had a guy in that chat that we were talking about. Do squirrels, you know, have rights and. I just, you know, you can make when you're just sold to an ideology and he just kept saying the same thing. And and it's like, well, let me try it this way. Let me try it this way. Some things become they come to the point of religious belief. And and I'm not saying anything about Mark. I mean, I I honestly I don't know. I, I heard recently that he said, like, voluntarists aren't anarchists or something i don't know i don't care i don't i don't yeah. really care yeah. um I know, i'm I know so what tired I of that semantic debate it's like okay yeah fine i'm not an anarchist and call me something else i don't care whatever right. yeah. I, I really don't care yeah uh, yeah i i know what i believe it's stupid, and i know it's and not, I'm not gonna waste my time on it yeah yeah and i know it's not um we have to have complete control control of society in order to become an anarchist society like the marxists or whatever so or, or the anarcho communist if you ever look into like the history um, of like um what is was it free ukraine what was it i can't remember what it was called it was something ukraine and then catalonia oh mm -hmm. that was a nightmare scenario that was a nightmare scenario Hmm. I mean, they literally had concentration camps in Spain, in the anarcho-communist yeah. and syndicalist wow. camps. Like, it doesn't up, take that long either, does it? No, it did not take <laughs> I mean, that long. They already had. Say what you camps. will about the United States, it took a little longer. You know, like I, I'm I not if, saying they were better. But. I, was gonna say, I, I don't know if you ever heard this joke. Like, what kind of meat does a pastor eat on a <laughs> on Sunday? None. That's also oh. true for the anarcho-communists. <laughs> wow. <laughs> with all the clergy That's, that they were slaughtering. and then they were That is a joke with layers to it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't know. What were we talking about? I'm, I'm doing oh, the, the natural law thing. Yeah. yeah, I just think, and, it, and it's not, it's not, I mean, I'm, I'm using that as an example. I mean, I'm not trying to pick on the Passio crowd, but... Um, cause I have friends that follow Mark Pass and we get along just fine. It just seems like some, you know, sometimes people are trying to draw divisions where they really don't, I mean, there are, but they don't need to be contentious. Um, but I think, I think he sort of makes them contentious for one. Yeah, um, yeah, but you know, like he, he goes after people pretty hard. Um, you can't go after me I, unless you watch my, my eight hour long live stream or presentation right. about natural law. Okay. We did. And then what does he do? Yes. Oh, I'm not going to argue with you. And then all his fans right. are like, so, he was in a beaver, or excuse me, squirrel outfit. Beaver. How dare right. you? That sounds like stuff that conservatives do, right? Like, you have pink hair, so I'm not going to listen to you. <laughs> you know, Jeffrey Tucker, you're gay. How? What could you have to say about it? You know, like. Ah. Uh, the the uh, biggest argument against Jeffrey Tucker is that, like, he constantly defends mediocrity at every single moment. <laughs> uh, I say. Yeah. That. No, no, no. I gotta say, McDonald's is such a fascinating place where they make wonderful food. <laughs> and I, they got these, these fish nuggets that were so great and they got rid of them. And I have no idea why they would get rid of such a, a just a, a marvel splendor of capitalism that is right. fish nuggets. And it come with this tartar dipping sauce that was so, I was just so amazing. And then gruel. Oh, let me tell you how amazing gruel is. <laughs> You 
do a pretty dang good Jeffrey Tucker. I mean, dude, I'd I'd hang out with Jeffrey Tucker. Oh, I, I have. Like, I he's cool. Oh, he seems like such an, an awesome guy. And he, he lives in that really cool place in Atlanta that I actually have been to. Um, or he did. I don't know if he still does. But anyways, I... I, I just I'm more these days about. By the way, he does trying... drink Bud Light. He does drink Are you it. Serious? Yes, he does drink Bud Light. He loves it. He's like the un- ungayest gay dude I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> That's just an assumption on my part, but I'm assuming Jeffrey Tucker's gay. <laughs> yeah, um, if I'm wrong. I apologize, Mr. Tucker. <laughs> I, I, I don't think that he's officially gay, but I've. It, I, it seems I've, apparent. Like I've, 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 I may have seen or th- heard things, but that's fine. Yeah. You can do whatever you want. It's your life. Yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, I think it's, I think it's kind of noble in a world where people, you know, it's, it's the least interesting thing about people is who they want to fuck and what color they are. Like, but, but it's risen to the level of making you a hero. You know, to the left, it's to it's cops and soldiers on the right and and and, you know, minorities and um, gender nonconforming gender or nonconforming, whatever. Yeah, Yeah, (laughs) it's becomes if you become a hero and it's like, why can't they just be people who do the things they do? And, you know, and and I understand that's a pretty naive way to look at it. I just I'm so tired of everyone trying to make heroes out of people for the the most ridiculous things. Um, I don't care, you know, when you're consenting adults, I don't care what you do with with that kind of thing. It doesn't um, it doesn't confront me none, as we say. Uh, so I, I just um, I think it's kind of noble that. You don't bring it out and make it the most, because that's definitely not the most interesting part of who he is. I mean, that's one aspect, but well, I think I've, he's fascinating. Yeah, I, there there is an infamous quote for me that I that, that still is true. The kind of women that I'm into look like they can't say their gender in under twenty syllables. Um, absolutely <laughs> true. <Right>. <laughs> the kind of women I'm into look like they can't say their gender. In under 20 syllables. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I, I'm out of Danger the running hair. on that one then. <laughs> Danger hair, tattoos, all of it. <laughs> I, you know, it, this is something too, like with the whole Mises takeover, I think they're going to have to really, of the, the, the pate, as, the as pate. Patrick says, um, the pate. The libertarian pate. <laughs> you got to put your pinky in the air when you say it. Pate. Um, you know, they did, they went out of their way to really piss off anyone who was, you know, left of center, it seemed like. And there's a lot of good libertarians who, who would be considered, you know, left libertarians. Uh, um, <laughs> I think there are. I think there, there are people who, I'm not talking about like woke stuff. I mean, I, I have okay, a friend yeah. who is here in Knoxville who is transgendered, who is an ANCAP, and who can sit and hang. And not get offended about, you know, yeah. you, your, your pronouns and all that bullshit. Um, but I feel like they went out of their way to make this a problem. And so on my, my Twitter profile, I have pink hair. and <laughs> Danger hair. Uh, yeah. 
I kind of did it on purpose. Like, like I, a frog that's poisonous, it warns you with their with their bright colors. <laughs> hey, you're the one who said, you know, that's you know, you're into. I can't the... help it. <laughs> I don't, don't want to like I it. I just do. You just do. Yeah, it's okay. There's all kinds of sexuality. All right. Um, but I, I went into this room on Twitter with some Mises people, and um, the first thing one of them said when I was in there is look at this pink haired bitch. <laughs> okay. Uh, I, I was just like, oh, all right. I didn't say it. I just, I just ended up leaving the room cause it was, it was retarded. Like they weren't talking about anything important or interesting. Um, but that kind of thing, like maybe, maybe in the grand scheme of things in the, um, the the people who really think about strategy within Mises caucus, you know, they they were working to kind of push the left de woke people out. But there are a lot more of the day to day, let's say, libertarians who really start to, you know, like they don't they don't understand the difference. And so now because someone has pink hair, they can't like you're going to call them a bitch. You don't, I mean, I might be a bitch, but you don't know me. Like, uh, you know, th th that sort of thing. It became very off putting, I think. And so it's like, uh, you know, a lot of times, well, you can say anything you want, you but should you, me. I mean, what, what's your, what is your, what is your, um, your point and speaking? Uh, I think that has to be thought about too. And, and do you want to reach people or not? And I'm not saying don't be radical, I'm just saying maybe making assumptions about people off the bat isn't a, the, yeah. the way to go because of the way they look. I, I have two minds about the Meacocks. Uh, I kind of support – I not kind of. I did support them. Um, mm -hmm. And I, I had like a very um, – I, I wasn't really kind of involved with that. Like I have a friend who was like uh, one of the head people in the Bear County Libertarian Party, huh? um, mm -hmm. who was kind of upset by it, but not because it was part of the whole woke thing. Like he didn't, he is very anti-woke. Uh, he was just, he, right. he told me um, confidential that there was things that were going on with the Mises caucus they were doing that were a little underhanded. But mm. I was like, okay, that's not, that's not probably the best way to handle things. But at the same time, look at the underhanded things that the Pate was doing in order to try to, mitigate that right um and yeah. i think that was just in response to that that doesn't make it right mm -hmm. right but uh the but it's understandable even, but, but before not right. i even knew that like i was just coming more out of like there was just too much garbage in the pate that needed yes. to go and it came from not just the woke it's not even the woke thing that i was really concerned about but which is great that vermin mm -hmm. and all those people left Fuck them. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> like, good, good riddance. They didn't, they didn't really belong there. No, no. They, you know, that's Be just the thing. They didn't belong. I, I don't think people understand, like, who Vermin really is. They just kind of, like, see him yeah. in, like, certain videos and stuff. And right. he always panders to any kind of interviewer that he that he interviews. Um, mm -hmm. And so if you – if, a, like, a, a good libertarian interviews him, he's going to try to say good libertarian things. But on his Twitter thing, during the summer of riots, he was going, like, what about the property? Is the property okay? Just, like, mocking anybody who was concerned uh, about private property destruction. A libertarian. Right. Upset about private or not uh, <laughs> being okay with private property destruction, which was right. I think was like that was the line for me. I was like, I'm done. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, done. I mean, he definitely. Um, He's a communist. You know, I. 
Yeah, he he is. Uh, he is. I think he would probably admit to that. I don't know. I, a libertarian socialist. I, I think that's what he would probably. Yeah, libertarian libsock. Yeah. Um, you know, I interviewed him once, and I gave him a little pushback on some things. Um, but you know, I I do respect anyone who mocks the system, and I think he's done it very effectively. Um, Yes, very effectively. Most people don't. I mean, a lot of the the mainstreamers just don't get it. They're like, what, a boot on your head? What, mandatory (laughs) toothbrushing and ponies? Like, they don't get it. But um, No, I mean, it's it's not that far removed from serious candidates. Exactly. It really isn't. He just acknowledges that it's silly. I I will give him credit where credit's due, but at the same time. And so it's like. I don't think that LP is the right place for him if he's going to start spouting that shit. And that's the problem. Like, um, you know, I can respect that about him, but I just, I certainly don't respect the, the commie stuff. Um, and you know, property, I I don't think, I don't think you can divorce libertarianism from property. And I know people try, I guess, but for me, that's the only, that's where all rights start. And so, uh, I don't, see how you can divorce that. And if you don't believe in property, the libertarian party should not be a home for you. Um, and I, the problem is, is that it's a, it's a, it's a political party. And of course there's always factions vying for power. And when, when certain people have the football, um, they're going to couch like with, with Sarwark, this is one of the arguments I always had about. Yeah. I always had about, um, just, just the pandering. Jesse Sommelier of the Libertarian Party. Yes. <laughs> yes. Did you see that? Yes. Oh my God, that video was that was beautiful. I thought that was so he hit me. funny. I laughed. Buddy, we have the whole thing on video. Off. Buddy, we have the whole. I know. Thing on he, video. Like, it, it takes him a few seconds too to real. Oh, he's such an opportunist. I'm yeah. surprised he didn't do it right away. But it took him a couple seconds to realize there was an opportunity there. Yeah. Um. But he. Uh, Oh, which what were we talking about? Sarwark. <laughs> oh Sorry yes, and the, the whole like when when um, uh, Mike Shipley was in the party and they were talking about gay rights and how the, they said the Libertarian Party supports gay rights and we actually I was in the party at that point I was what in there for about rights? a year and a half. I know, and so. I, I there was an actual issue in our local party here because there's a family who has a trans child and a gay child in in the libertarian party or they were I don't know what they do now but um they were very upset very upset that the most of the the libertarian party most of the people here didn't come out to the gay pride parade that year and support them and walk with them and I tried explaining to them, libertarianism doesn't support gay rights. It supports individual rights. Yeah. And gays happen to human be individuals. Rights. And yeah, human rights. And so I think that that whole thing about the pandering to the left by saying we support gay rights, you actually end up hurting real people because then they get in here and they expect something that's not what they think it is. It's selling them something that's not there. It's saying... You, there are plenty of people, you know, we all agree as libertarians that you have the right to live your life in a way that doesn't harm others and, and do, you know, do whatever you want. 
But that doesn't mean we support it. Like, I think you should be able to do heroin without going to prison. I don't think you should do heroin. (laughs) You know, there's a difference. Like, I personally am not going to go and buy you the the heroin for you to do. But am I going to say you should be in prison for that? No, you should be stopped or you can't do that to your body. No. So that's what the difference is. And it's a really important difference. Um, And so I think that because it's a political party, people often, they pander to certain groups, just like the many of them pander to Republicans for Republican things. Um, and you really give people like when you see, when you see uh, libertarian candidates arguing that we need a strong military, you are off the fucking reservation and someone has miscommunicated to you what libertarianism is. Yeah. If you're not, necessarily you know libertarianism is necessarily anti-state if you are not anti-state this is not the place for you libertarianism is necessarily about property and if you don't believe in private property it's not the place for you and and i'm not talking about even the party just the ideology itself um so but i think the, the party has been such a poor representative of that and hopefully i mean i don't know I I was involved with the Mises Caucus at first as well when I was still in the party and I left shortly thereafter. Um, well, I'm see I'm I'm, I'm all in, but not for politics. I think I'll get into it. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, no, I, and so I would love to see a party with the name that actually represents libertarianism. That's, and some that's, of the that's stuff, why I'm there. Yeah. That's the only reason. Yeah, exactly. Like, like they, they do use our name. This is, I've had a lot of friends. Um, I don't know if you know, Tommy Salmons, he's a good friend of mine. And, oh. and I was on his show and he was like, I'm going to quit calling myself a libertarian, but I know you think differently, but I'm like, fuck it. They have to take that from me. Like I am a libertarian. Hands. Yeah. They have to take it from my cold. <laughs> you have to pry it away from me because it means something. And it's important to fight for, I think, um, because the, uh, the ideology is beautiful in my mind. It's, it's worthy. It's valuable. It brings peace and prosperity to people. And it has danger. And hair. Danger hair. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Must have danger hair. (laughs) (laughs) I I have thoughts on that, but I don't think you want to talk about them on this show. Um, uh, You know, I I think it's valuable, and I think when you don't represent it, and you say, "Well, we got to get people to vote for us," you've you're done. You're you've lost the whole reason the party is in existence in the first place. If you're not going to be radical, you might as well not be. And and I think. Like Harry Brown was a radical freaking libertarian, you know, when he said with the the Bush Gore election, these two candidates have both admitted to doing cocaine. Do you think they would be better men for having spent time in prison? Yeah. You know, that's a radical <laughs> well, message. I mean, not for cocaine, but I definitely think they should have been in prison for sure. Right. They should have been. But, <laughs> but you know, just asking the populace. These people are this two serious candidates and they've both admitted to breaking the law and doing something that millions of young men and women across the country are put in prison for and their lives are ruined. Yep. And yet you're going to say that that's a good like it, I think that's a radical message. And I think there's a way to be a radical libertarian and get the ideas. And for me, it's never was about winning elections. And that's why even when I ran for governor. Here in Tennessee and came not in governor. third place, by the way. I'm the people's governor. Um, the people's not governor. Uh, 
I'm sorry? <laughs> the people's not governor. Yeah, the people's not governor. I, and, and, you know, I said to people on the shows that I went on, I don't believe in the political system. I don't think you need someone to rule you. Um, you know, I believe in the actual ideals of freedom. I, I believe in free speech. I believe in self-defense. You know, I really believe those things. I believe them more than any of your candidates, you know, <laughs> like, um, and I, I think you can like use that platform. I mean, I got like 5,200 votes or something like that. That's that's not all just libertarians in Tennessee. You know, I had to, that's I, I'd had to have somebody else. Maybe yeah, probably a lot of um, protest votes. Like I don't yeah, like either of these candidates and I'm not going to vote you know, for the other I, guy because the other guy is probably worse than the guy I'd probably like a little bit more. But fuck him, too. I'm going to vote for the right. same party just to be like and move then, more this direction, please. Right. Yeah. And, and you know, my name is Clark, my last name. And so on the ballot, I was third. So that, I'm sure that helped, too. But, you know, there were people that when I had the radio show here in town, they, you know, they, they were in demanding I be taken off the air. Um, and then after the radio show, once it was canceled, um, the morning show guy who I love and respect, he's a constitutional conservative, but he's a genuine one. And he, he kind of loves voluntarism. Now he doesn't, he doesn't see how it's possible, you know, without, you know, the state or whatever. He, he has some hard time. Let's just put it that way. But he had me on every Tuesday and called it voluntary Tuesdays. And then when the station um, owner was getting calls, to have me like, what is she doing on here? This is ridiculous. This woman, you know, I, because I didn't love Trump or cops. Um, he, he, he basically said, look, you guys told me when I had the show that I could have whoever I wanted on. And if she can't be on here, then I'm not going to have, you know, you're not going to have me in the show anymore. I love that. He put his, the show on the line for me, you know, like, um, and I got to talk to people and there were people that were Republicans that have messaged me since and said, you know, I thought you were crazy with what you were saying about cops. You made me so mad. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I noticed I the con yeah conservatives have completely changed. They're they're done with the thin blue line stuff. They're slowly. Well, not they're not done with it. They're moving away. Not from it, in this area. area. Yeah. <laughs> well, but they're definitely moving away from it, especially they, with they all the Capitol because... Hill riots and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the whole, you know, um, death, death you know, thing that was here for a couple of years and they saw what was being, what police were doing and that they're part of it. You know, they're still trying to figure their way out of it. But, but even before that, they would message me and say, I, I thought you were crazy and I hated you. But every time I watched the news, I saw what you were saying was true. Like you just have to get an audience with people and be willing for them to hate you for a little bit. <laughs> and that's, you know, that's not easy for me. Hate I don't watchers. like, yeah, I mean, I don't like confrontation. I know people that surprises them sometimes. I really don't like to argue with people. I'm, I'm low in agreeableness, uh, very low. I'm like lower than a lot of men. I'm like a 19 and most men are 20 oh, on the, I the really big need to take one five of those scale. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm no, it's pretty I'm cool. Really not agree. I cried. Yeah, I cried for three days after I took it because I thought, God, I'm I'm a terrible, I'm a terrible person. I got a zero in industriousness. Okay, oh. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> sad reacts only. Um, but I think you just have to. I try not to be a dick. You know, I mean, there are some times on the radio when I would be 
I would say things like rape cages on purpose. And, and people would like one of the the guys that was my co-host at the end, he, he really didn't like that. I use that because he says it turns people off. You know, we're on a Christian conservative radio station in Knoxville, fricking Tennessee. And I was like, but if people are going to advocate for young men, especially to be sent to prison, um, they need to know what they're sending them to. If you want to advocate for young people to be put in these places for things that are victimless crimes, then you need to know that they're going to be used like fucking currency. They're going to be raped. If you really care about rape culture, if the if feminists really cared about it, they'd be down at men's prisons and at, at your local military uh, installation because those are where the real rape culture is. And so if you're going to advocate for those things, then I think you have to look at the dirty truth. And I'm not going to shy away from that. And it's going to make people angry. Um, well, no, see, that, that's, so, not the, that's not the issue. Um, I used to try to give them some, the feminist that is, try to give them some, again, try to be charitable with them as much as possible. But when they mm-hmm. started saying things like, well, you know, like when family courts rule always in favor of the women, that's part mm-hmm. of patriarchy, but that's like backfiring against them. And we're against that too. And we advocate <laughs> against that. It's like, right. When was the last time you protested that at a family court? Right. Date, time. Let's go. Not one time in the history of humanity have feminists been outside of a family court protesting the injustices of men because of the patriarchy. Not once. Not ever. And not even since I've been calling them out for it. Not once. Not ever. They won't. Yeah. Because it's not what that's about. They don't care about wave culture. They care about – you know, their their issues are completely – have everything to do with – women or birthing people i guess that's what they're right, right. women yeah um yeah I, I that's i've i don't call myself a feminist and i don't really think i am um but i don't think they're wrong about everything but for me everything that needs you know one word that encompasses everything you know they say feminism is about everyone like individualism is about everyone like i don't i'm an individualist and i don't need why does it have to be couched in terms of feminism in order to be okay? Like, why are you so upset that I won't call myself a feminist? Um, I've been called a gender traitor. Oh, because I have a vagina. I have to think like you. I see. Um, Sherry voluntarily confirmed queen bee. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. But you know, it's like, why, what, what about us both having the same anatomy makes me beholden to your ideology. I don't understand that. Nothing. And especially when you're wrong, I'm going to call it out. But when you're right, you're right. You know, they're not wrong about everything. Feminism in general, this new people, like the new stuff is just there. There's some really insane um, things, but you know, I, I don't, I think as an individualist, I can be concerned with everyone. And and what happens to men in family court is unconscionable. And not only men who, like, I have a friend, um, he was someone I dated for a little bit, going through a divorce. The wife claimed he had hit her and over, like, a slap, too. It wasn't, like, he, he, he claims he didn't do it, but she claims he did. And his children were taken away. He had to get, um, and I'm not, I'm not saying he should have hit her, but he never was accused of abusing the children ever. And they were in a contentious fight when she, you know, uh, they're, they're getting divorced. You know, they were in this fight, whatever. So he, he had to fight to get his children back for a few years. Um, 
she would do things like show up at the um, supervised visitation and she had a restraining order against him and knew that, you know, he's supposed to be there at a certain time. Um, She would get out of her car and then go into the place and say, you need to call the police. He's within, you know, whatever of me, he's not supposed to be around me. The women at the, the place where they have the visitation told him or told her she needed to get in her car and leave that they knew what she was doing. Like it was very clear, but the courts don't see it that way. They just look at the, the letter of the law. Oh, you were technically here, whatever. Or, or men who find out that they're not, the children or the father, the children of that they thought were theirs or, or even knew that weren't theirs. They have to pay child support for them. Um, they're ordered to by the courts. That is it's so wrong. That's a fraud against them. If someone lies to you and says, this is your child, you know, and then you find out they were, that it's not, you know, you might do that out of the goodness of your heart because you love the child. Maybe you do it, but you certainly shouldn't be forced to, um, so there's, there's a lot of things that happen and, and, okay, you know, men are sort of disposable. I will say this, that if you, like, if, if you put your name on the birth certificate, this is my baby and it is biologically your baby. I think you should have some responsibility since you're the other half oh, of that. Sure. And if we're going to have abortion <clears throat> restrictions, <laughs> um, I think that's, yeah. that's perfectly reasonable. I think, I think if you bring a baby into this world, you and the machine that created the baby, then Patrick's scenario, uh, you both have a responsibility <laughs> to to do something about that to the best of your right. abilities. Um, but at the same time, but it's like, okay, okay if it's not your baby, <laughs> like, right. then, then yeah, then then you shouldn't be held to it unless you're yeah. like, okay, like the father, we don't know who the father is. She was sleeping around at the time. I forgave her, but I'm f- fathering this child in terms of right. Right. Then, then I think you should be on the hook. Yeah. You, you obligated yourself. Yeah. Yes, of course. But if a fraud was committed against you, that's, I think that's, that's a different thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I agree. You know, and I think men feel pressured to raise other men's children. Um, I've seen so many times where, you know, a man is, a man is like applauded and, and lauded because, you know, I know it's not mine, but I'm going to take care of him because I'm I'm going to do that. I'm not going to let this child go fatherless. And that's a, that's a good instinct if that's really what you want to do. But I don't think that people should look at a person in a bad light if they don't want to support children that aren't theirs. Yeah, <laughs> you know? like, exactly. I, I understand that. I sometimes don't want to support my own kids. But, <laughs> but as much as I don't I, like I love gen- my kids. Oh, I I'm sure they're fine. <laughs> Keep them away from me. Fine. <laughs> I don't juggling knives and stuff. Uh, like if they yeah. want to play Ninja Turtles with me, that's fine. But then, uh, okay, go home. <laughs> Just don't go into the, game, the room, the back room with Mr. Jesus. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah, I don't like kids in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> really, I don't like kids. I'm like WC Fields. Get out of here, kid. You bother me. Go away, kid. You bother me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's, there's a lot. As much as I don't like Dennis Prager for many reasons, mm-hmm. I do think that he did say one thing that made sense to me, but I would also apply this to rights as well. He says that, mm-hmm. like, if you need a qualifier in term uh, before the word justice, you're not talking about justice. So, you know, mm. ecological justice, um, right. all this kinds of justice, they're social not really justice, justice. social justice. Right. Those are all ways to say that there's, that we need to be unjust to people to give justice to some, 
entity that doesn't really exist. I think that right. also wow. applies to like rights, transgender yeah. rights, gay rights. Mm -hmm. There shouldn't be that. Like you should be able to do whatever right. it is that you want to do. Uh, and with anybody who you want to voluntarily contract or to do other things with you, that should you should be free to do that. No right. restrictions on that whatsoever. So long as you're not hurting other, other people, that's just called rights. Right. <coughs> if you're going to say gay rights, then you're starting to go, okay, well, we're going to, we're going to exclude straight people from certain things. Right. And in being just to them and take away their rights in order to give special privileges to this group of people. Right. And it doesn't matter if it's gay, trans, uh, black, white, right. it doesn't matter. All of that, all of it, it goes against both sides too. Right. It's not just that's, one particular type of it, right? It's not just against the woke right. people. It's also against like the far really weird right-winger people too. Right. That's yeah. um, quite insightful. Yeah. So <laughs> it where, really is because just, but the qualifier means you're making categories. Yeah. So where can people find your stuff if they want, if they're interested? Oh, you have I don't stuff. have stuff anymore. <laughs> I don't even have stuff anymore. Um, this is my stuff right now. Uh, I, I'm on I'm on Facebook. I'm trying to get on float more. I have uh, float was like, I got out of the habit of using it because it was, I was having a hard time on my phone and I, I think that's fixed now. So I'm going to try and get on there more, but mostly I'm on Facebook, y'all. <laughs> Instagram, Twitter, you know, nice. the, the Trinity of evil there. Um, that's, that's where I'm at. I, I don't really, I don't have any shows or anything right now. So so we had, got, no super, got no super chats this stream, but I, we did have one comment that I feel I need to read from Danny Duchamp. Duchamp? Okay. Eviction, Hello, Danny. <laughs> evictionist. Abortion, uh, abortion is just like when you can't pay rent, so your landlord crushes your head with steel tongs. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> those forceps, man, yeah. they're deadly. And, uh, and yeah. unlike previous episodes where I started it ripping off some other podcast or YouTuber's intro... Uh, I'm going to steal somebody's outro. So, Sherry, what has been your favorite part of this podcast? <laughs> um, you know what, Jim? My favorite part is actually being able to sit down and have a conversation with you, honestly, because I, I feel like I've sort of known you for a, a little while. Um, but I've never really gotten to, like, have a conversation with you. So this has been good. You are welcome. <laughs>